All right, guys, we are back with our first episode of 2021. We get the whole gang back together. We didn't kick Chris out again this time. <laughs> I, well, now that he, well, now that I, he's completed, he's gotten every cyberpunk ending, so now he can come back and <laughs> join the talk. I, I didn't take any of that personally. I listened to the show. I enjoyed your guys' conversation. I, oh, from everything I heard, I don't know if I'll play cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't been pushing you to play it because I, I don't know. Nothing in it just jumped out at me like, Chris is going to love this. Oh, my kids right. earlier just a little bit ago, like Maddie's like, can we play a game, Dan? Yeah. I'm like, sure. Why you want to play? And it's like Minecraft. And I'm like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. Right. I don't want to play Minecraft. Like, I'll play something else with you. No, yep. I really want to play Minecraft. And I said, yeah. well, we're kind of stuck then because <laughs> likes action games. And yeah. You there know. was this one time in Cyberpunk when I died, and I was like, "Ooh, maybe Chris would like this." Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I get the same thing with my kids. Like, I love my kids to death. And previous, you know, to this year or even the last few months, they would say, "Oh, Dad, you want to play Minecraft or you want to play, you know, anything?" And I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." You know, and you just sit down and you have fun and you kind of like mess around with the controllers for a bit. And like, but you know, you play for 10, 15 minutes and they kind of lose interest and they go, but now they can like stay with a game for a long time. And it's a commitment when you sit down to play. <laughs> yeah. And they ask me a lot, like, uh, like Callahan will just walk over and be like, daddy, do you like Pokemon? And I'm like, no, but I, I <laughs> love that. I love that you love it. I'm really glad that you have. And he's like, who's your favorite Pokemon? And I'm like, uh, Rowlet. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, can you pick one Such from Kalos or Kanto? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. I don't know the so, regions. <laughs> my son, I bought, they had a double pack of Sun and Moon when that came out for 3DS. So I bought it for us for Christmas. I'm like, you pick your favorite one. I'll pick the other one. We'll play it together. We'll trade them back and forth just like you're supposed to. Great time. Like we, we played mm. through the game and like he plays differently than me. So I wanted to like complete the Pokedex. So I caught everything, all the weird hard stuff. I did the weird grinding and, you know, go to the certain location and time of day and all that kind of stuff. Traded them to him. And then he'd trade them right back just so he had them in his Pokedex. Mm. And then when Sword and Shield came out, I think he expected that again. I'm like, I can't do that with every Pokemon <laughs> game. I'm like, I'm, like, well, I'm like, every three gens, you can bug me to play Pokemon with you. I can't do it every time. Because, like, I didn't realize, like, I knew that you could trade with people. But, like, we have Sword. And my younger son is now asking me, like, I want Pokemon Shield. And I'm like, yeah, but we already have Sword. And they're like, yeah, but there's, like, three Pokemon that aren't in it. And I'm like, yeah, they're not worth $20 each. You know, more like, than three. More than three. Okay. If you're if you're gauging them by how much each Pokemon's worth, like you're probably paying about a buck a Pokemon for each okay. one you get. Okay. So, but yeah, if they if they're gonna be able to like each play on their own one and like be like constantly like swapping and like you know having fun together, we'll we'll consider it. But yeah, it's uh it's as just, as of right now, just the having one. Having two copies, especially with kid like two kids in the same house that are gonna play, like I think they'll get their money's worth out of them. Like there's a lot of fun stuff to trade back and forth you can do team battles and mm. and they can like uh cook curries for each other and stuff and, <laughs> and like there, there's a ton of fun stuff to do multiplayer cool on. maybe we'll give it a try once we allow games back in the house if if the you do tell them uncle kelsey talked you into it okay <laughs> and that you know uh non-dad pokemon answers yeah <laughs> starters <laughs> <laughs> well because he has these rowlet socks that i love Okay. And I'm like, oh, they're your Rowlet socks. And then it's, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, this, okay. We're getting off track already with Pokemon. <laughs> but we we thought we'd be have a fun episode, talk about our favorite things we did last year and keep it real positive because, you know, the year was kind of a downer for a lot of people. So we're not talking about the worst of anything last year. We're just talking about the best fun things we did last year, gaming and a little bit of non-gaming stuff too. 
Uh, but before we dive into that, what you been playing lately, Bill? Anything interesting? Oh man, um, it's uh, uh, I've been making some slow progress in Cyberpunk. Um, it uh, I, I feel like that like you know a couple of weeks leading up to the show, I really I went downstairs every day. I made some time. I, I you know made some progress. I really and, appreciate. It. I know you were working hard to. to yeah, no, it was and and honestly like interesting. And honestly, I like it was one of those things, and we talked about in the show where I you know. You always have that fear if it doesn't grab you right away. You're like, oh, like maybe it's not for me. But like, I really once I kind of like uh, clicked, like I really did enjoy it. And I have some other thoughts now that I've gotten a little further in it that that you know we may save for another time. But uh, but yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been hard to to nail down time uh, to play just with things that are going on. Well, yeah, uh, we just say Christmas and New Year's and everything too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's right. And like so, like there's um. Uh, and like, I, I had a, you know, like a family function that like a socially distanced family function that we were at today. So I didn't get to do anything today. Uh, last night was, uh, uh, like my parents, uh, uh, were, they stopped over and like saw the kids for a little bit. So it's one of those things where we've kind of fallen into this routine where, you know, like I get home from work, it's family time, dinner, put the kids to bed or you know, give them a bath, put the kids to bed. And then it's okay. By then it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock. And it used to be one of two things. It's like, okay. Do I want do, do me and my wife want to watch like a TV show or a movie or something, or does she have work to do and I'm just going to go down and you know kind of mess around and build a Lego set or play some video games? So it was kind of like half and half. But lately, just to kind of like you know make sure the family's in a good spot and just reconnect, like me and my wife have been spending like every single night together. Um, and like sometimes she'll be like, oh no, you can play. Like I'll just sit over here and watch. But I know she doesn't want to watch. So I'm like, no, like let's watch a TV show. So we've been watching more TV and movies than games lately. Uh, but I did want to mention I made a little bit more progress in Cyberpunk. I won't go into too much detail on that. Um, I uh, uh, for the first time in a long, long time, I'm, I'm I wouldn't call it like burnout on Destiny. But I've several times I've fired it up just kind of like out of habit. Like I sit down, I'm like, let me just pop it in, you know, do a few bounties, do a few things. So I, I sit down, I fire it up, and I kind of get to the tower where you collect all your bounties, and then you kind of make your game plan. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to play the strike playlist? Am I going to try to get a powerful reward? Am I going to do the seasonal content? And I kind of just like, uh, I don't want to play. And then I turn it off. You know, because like I've always said, like I don't want to play it just, you know, to steamroll through or like the, you know, like the the treadmill rather. So I I haven't felt compelled to play it recently, and I've been kind of like uh, uh, looking at the Reddit and uh, just the way people are feeling right now, and people are kind of feeling similar that like the uh, the content vaulting is is now starting to really hit them now that they've kind of played through all the Beyond Light content played through the new stuff and now that's over it's like all right and now that the regular flow is going through the strike playlist but with four planets that are gone now you've lost a whole bunch of strikes and they said you know there's going to be a new there's some new strikes coming back and there's a new raid coming back and it's like that's great i'm super excited for that i will play it in march you know like when <laughs> when that stuff comes back so right. st i'm still uh, super super it's into the lore way, yeah. yeah so i'm still super into the lore um actually i'm i have to buy myself the uh the physical lore uh, book, uh, The War Machines. It was, uh, uh, I got many very nice Christmas presents from friends and family. The Destiny uh, War Machines lore book was not one of them, so I need to purchase that for myself. Uh, and uh, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but I just wanted to mention that even though I'm not like playing Destiny right now, I just don't you know, like feel the urge to play it. Still very interested, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next content drop. Um, and I also wanted to mention I've with with this little gap in my game playing, 
I've been catching up on some podcasts. So I realized I was like three episodes back on the RF Gen Playcast. And part of it is because I'm poor and the car that I drive to work doesn't have like any way to connect the phone to it. No like, you know, nothing. <laughs> It's it's like a, get it's an like audio an, jack into a cassette tape and yeah exactly <laughs> so you, can, you can buy a new stereo bill so <laughs> no I know I could but like the car is not going to last six months so yeah. like it's it's just it, this problem will be fixed <laughs> you know, this year but uh, it's got a CD player but it doesn't I, and I gotta be honest I don't think it has an aux jack so it was like in that weird in between <laughs> time when there's when there's nothing besides CD and AM FM. Um, cause in my old, old car, I did have a cassette deck that I would, uh, uh, do the adapter to. Um, so, uh, but anyway, uh, because of that reason, if I don't have my headphones with me, I don't listen to podcasts in the car. So I'll, I'll throw like a single earbud in and I'll listen to podcasts that way. So for a while, I just didn't have my headphones in the car. I kept forgetting and blah, blah, blah. So finally I was like, all right, let me get some headphones in the car. And then I realized I was three episodes back on the playcast. So, um, I've said it before. I've told these guys this directly. I love the uh, RF Gen Playcast. I love Sean and Rich's, uh, uh, you know, just banter with each other. I think they they work together really well. Um, uh, so I was uh, I've been enjoying uh, catching up on those shows. And in the new year, I was thinking, man, it would be really nice to uh, you know make a New Year's resolution and actually stick to it because I've made them before and then they last for like ten minutes. So I'm like, all right. Let me see what's going on for January for the RF Gen Playcast. Like, let's start the the year off strong. Let's get in that January game. I couldn't find it anywhere, and I'm, I don't want to ask Rich and Sean because they're going to be like, "Oh, you don't listen to the show for shame." So I was like, "All right, I'm not going to ask." So I'm searching, I'm looking. So I finally find the thread, and the game for January is a well-deserved break uh, for uh, Rich and Sean. So I was like, "Oh, well, good for them." So. Rich and Sean, I hope you're enjoying your well-deserved break and uh, looking forward to whatever we'll be playing. It makes in your February. resolution super easy to stick to this year. Man, I made it all the way through January. <laughs> if, if you start playing Destiny, you'll fail your resolution. You gotta keep I, the break. Exactly. Well, the, the and and I, you know, I would never, you know, suggest Destiny as a playthrough game, but uh, I have mentioned <laughs> that it is free to play now, and they are bringing in <laughs> crossplay this year. So if it were going to be anybody's playthrough. When crossplay is available would be the time because then everybody could play with everybody for free. Well, uh, just let me mention you got January open. The shooter game of the month is Battle Garega. So, you know, you could always hop in that one. Is it very difficult? There, if you get the newest release, it, uh, they have a super easy mode, which is fun. Okay. And, and it Does it have a picture is. of my face next to that <laughs> option in the menu? <laughs> me and Sean. <laughs> it's actually a really fun game. So, okay, know. yeah, maybe I'll jump. I mean, it's it's I I I really do enjoy the shoot the core cast as well, especially when the uh, the shoot the core guys were on uh, uh, the playcast, uh, and it's just you know my skill as a schmupper oh, yeah. is me what too. is what holds me back from uh, that club. But uh, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe that's a good uh, a resolution to put in there, like a, a placeholder resolution to see if I can uh, improve my skills. <laughs> So, but yeah, it's uh, uh, that's pretty much it for me, and uh, so uh, I'll have some more stuff to talk about when we get to some of the best stuff with some of the things we've been watching and stuff like that. For sure. How about you, Chris? What you been up to? Well, boy, I've uh, I've been <laughs> playing God of War um, among a couple other things. So I'll start with that one. Um, uh, first, I guess I should go back. I played through Detroit because you know Kelsey and I we got PlayStation fives, and and I know he doesn't have he hasn't subscribed to PlayStation Plus, which you probably. Sounds like you might for some other stuff, but um, you get it does. 
it comes with uh, the plus collection. Yeah. If you play no, what 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 impression did I give you that I was going to subscribe to it? There was something you were talking about some other game that was coming up, and you said you would get some PlayStation Plus to play. I did. We're on the Slack chat. Yeah, you're saying. I remember it was something like, uh, like, I like. Oh, I that. said if you guys wanted to do Rogue Squadron, I would throw yes. in for yeah. a month plus on that. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything back on that, so that's true. I did say that. Foreshadowing. So, um, not Rogue the, Squadron, Star Wars Squadrons. That's right. Yeah, foreshadowing for this episode. The um, but the Plus Collection has like a ton of PlayStation Four games that are in there that you get basically for free. Um, for having a PlayStation 5, I think it's Sony's way of saying, we don't really have anything right now. Here's some free games. So, um, which is not bad because honestly, I haven't played hardly any of these. Yeah, uh, like if you didn't uh, dig into all their first party stuff last gen, like it's most of the big hitters, that just the ones that didn't come out like last year is it. Yeah. Everything before that, man. Um, so, yeah, I played through Detroit um, and went all the way through that. Uh, you know, as probably most people, I'm not huge on story games but you know i played through uh whatever the david the other kid david cage one was for the play cast the heavy rain. heavy rain or heavy yep. rain. yeah so they I thought, did ah, uh they did the other one too the beyond two souls yeah you play that, played one? that one no that's the but, worst one you don't need to go <laughs> revisit that one but it was free and i thought like oh the good thing about those games at least is i only have to do it once and when it's done i don't care i'm not ever going to go back to it so i know it's like this is a defined amount of play sure. so i went through and i did that and it was yeah it's kind of interesting, but I like that one a bad. lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very. And uh, and so then after that, I was sitting back and I I sent a group on our Slack. I'm like, what what should I go to next? You know, there's a couple different choices that are there. And Kelsey says, oh, if you want to do God of War, I'll do God of War with you. And um, I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. That's, that was one of my picks that I wanted to get done because I never I never played the that new God of War game. So I got into and, it, and I, neither had Kelsey, right? No, no, that was my first time too. Yeah. Mm. And so I'm sure Kelsey might talk about it in a minute. He's blasted through it like in five minutes. <laughs> and uh, I'm getting there because like Bill, I don't always have a lot of time. I'll, I'll eke a little usually like if I don't want to sleep that night. <laughs> I'll eke a few <laughs> hours in. But I've gotten pretty far. You know, like tonight I finished up uh, Niflheim or however you pronounce that Niflheim. Yeah. I, I finally did all that stuff. Not That was not my favorite part of the game, but I, I did Me all the stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, did you I, open all the tears there? I did. I did everything oh, okay. there was to oh. do. Uh, I did I... got two of the chairs. Isn't that where? Isn't that where Cloud and Tifa grew up together? Absolutely, uh, Niflheim, where uh, I think Seth Sephiroth burns it down. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Spoiler alert, man, for a thirty-year-old <laughs> game, but. But um, now, once you kind of get, I got kind of the pattern of how to run that obstacle course. So I, it's got a timer. That's all you really need. It's like there's yeah. a timer. And once you kind of know and you've got the right gear, you can run the whole course before the timer runs. Yeah, if you throw Evaldi's armor on, like, you don't really have to worry about the timer. No, so I got to where I could just run that course over and over again and do everything that was in it. You know, killed the Valkyrie, got the stuff. And then, um, so it wasn't too bad. It didn't take me as long, nearly as long as I thought it would. And then I finished up, um, right before we got on here, I finished up Mulpeheim. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. So I killed the Valkyrie on that one. Now it's like, oh, you can go back and get some keys now. So I'm like, all right, well, I need to do that to get some armor upgrades anyway. So from, I think I'm pretty close to the end. So I think once I yeah. finish up this side content. So did you did you roll the credits yet? Or are you trying to do the side no, stuff before I'm, you? I'm, I, I figure I, I just would like to get it all done, right? So story-wise, where are you at? 
I just flipped the travel thing, so now okay. I can go to whatever that one hidden world place is. Jotunheim. So, yeah, you're yes. super close to the end. I kind of figured. I'm like, how many more times can I beat up Balder? Is uh, <laughs> I, eventually I have to do something to kill him because right. that's why I was joking with these guys. It's like you know the white trash meth head that I have to beat up because <laughs> I just like the first time I see him, I think it's like this super skinny tattooed white guy with like dreads uh, in his beard, and the only yeah. thing he keeps saying over and over and is he like, talk kind of like he was drunk. Yeah, and it, like the only thing yeah. he keeps saying is like, I can't feel any pain. Yeah. I can't feel any pain. <laughs> And you're just like, and, okay, and, this dude is strung out. And you know what's great is is it's he's played by Jeremy Davies, uh, who's a terrific actor. Um, and if you don't know Jeremy Davies, uh, uh, look him up. You've probably seen him, and you just don't know his name's Jeremy Davies. But like, that's what he sounds like. Like he's and he was in uh, most recently, or maybe not most recently, but he was in uh, that uh, TV show Justified with Timothy Oliphant. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, man, he he is he is good in everything. But that's exactly what he looks like it was like a performance cap and that's what he sounds like so i thought it was really really cool that it wasn't like a schwarzenegger you know dolph lundgren type character beating up on you it was this little guy because it's like oh because it's not about like the muscle it's about like you know like the the power within and like who you know so i thought that was a really cool kind of role reversal yeah so i mean i won't say anything because i think we might dig farther into god of war here at some point coming up in the future so i'm you know i'm not going to spill any farther than that but you know, it's one of those things. I think we'll get to it eventually. There's some parts I really like. Uh, there's some parts I think they could have changed. But you know, all overall, it's good. I think I'll go through and do everything there is to do. Um, the other day, I got really sour on it because of that Niflheim thing, whatever. But yeah. once I just finally grinded out today, then I'm like, okay, I'm good to finish yeah. everything else up. I'm well, once one everything. Yeah, once Sephiroth joins your party, it's like one hit kill everything anyway. So I it's mean, his like sword, his sword reaches all the way across the screen. So I man, mean, it's like three thousand damage. It's insane. So yeah, you're, you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, and I'll just mention real quick. Uh, I've been playing Battle Garega, so that's the game of the month for the Shooter Club. I I suck just like you, Bill. So don't feel bad. I'm old. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any skill. But like I said, there's a super easy mode, and it is honestly super easy. So it's just fun, okay. and I don't care about if I right. do great on the score or anything else. Right. I just want to play through the game, shoot some stuff, and enjoy myself. Right. So so just because you mentioned that little shooter bit right there, um, I didn't mention it because we haven't played a ton yet, but I did get Cuphead. Or sorry, my mom got Cuphead oh, yeah. for my kids for Christmas. Um, and, uh, uh, at first I was really afraid that my kids were going to get frustrated with it. And they did. And they come to me and they're like, daddy beat this guy for me. I'm like, no, that's not how this game works. <laughs> it, like, daddy. it's like, you gotta just, you know, just keep working, keep working. So I would have them watch me and I would get farther than they got. And then I would die on purpose. And they were like, oh, you got so far. And I'm like, yeah, that's the deal. Cause you see the, like him like running along and like, and he's like, you got to phase three. <gasps> There's another phase after that. So like, then he actually like did the thing he's supposed to do. He like kept trying and trying and trying and they were watching. They were like, get the parry. You missed the parry. <laughs> so I was like, that's the point. Do it guys. So I'll talk about it more after they played it more, but yeah, it's uh, it was cool to see them like actually get into the groove of playing a shooter like that. I cannot wait until that game comes out in physical form to replay it. Mm. I loved playing that at Chris's place. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I've had a lot of fun with it with the small amount of time we've played so far. So yeah, looking forward to keeping going through that one. Yeah, the girls still go back to that one pretty often. They've since, since Kelsey and I beat it like at the very beginning, everything's unlocked, so they can just go mm. back and play whatever they want. They don't have to worry yes. about it. So and I and I think the rumor for a long time has been it'll be physical once like the final DLC has been released. So it's like one edition for everything, and the final DLC has been delayed because of reasons. So it should happen for you eventually. To come it out came too. out, didn't it? I thought it came oh, it did. Out. The physical one. 
Am not I the mistaken? physical. No. Mm. Oh, okay. the final DLC. Oh, you mean, you mean the DLC came out? Yeah, right, I was right. Say, the, yeah, the the DLC, right? Gotcha. Like, okay. The third character and everything. Mm. Okay. Yeah. No, I missed that then. So yeah, I mean, it's, maybe uh, it didn't. Th- I, I just kept my girls kept talking about. It. That's the only reason they kept mm. talking about like the, like the pot character or whatever the urn. Okay. Yeah. We um, should we should look into that and because that would be uh, that would be something that uh, I know a lot of the physical only guys would gobble up like as oh, yeah. soon as possible. It'd be one of my top three if I had a wish list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how about you, Kelsey? What's up? Uh, it's a God of War, like yourself. Played through that. Really, really enjoyed it. Like, I know you're like all like I, I knew you were a gameplay over story kind of guy. I just didn't realize how far you took that. I think because <laughs> I'm really, really into the story of that too. I loved the characters, and when I had Mimir in the boat, I would just sit in the boat and listen to him talk about uh, giants and Thor and Odin, and it was just the best. And He'd have the conversation with Jorgenmander, the the world <laughs> serpent. And I don't even know how you know these names. Because he said it like 50 times because I listened no, to the stories. See, I've taken on, I just want to be Kratos, right? Everything is boy or head or, you know. So I, I, don't like, know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm saying like this fog world, fire world, ghost world. I don't need to know the names. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I was getting really into the story. Like I... It's one of those games, and I think this is going to be a theme as we go through the whole show here, is I always heard it was really good, I expected it to be good, and it lived up to those expectations. It was wonderful. I really had a good time with it, and I am genuinely excited for Ragnarok now, which I had, you know, I saw a little cool, they announced that, I didn't really have any interest in it, but now I'm like totally on board. I might get it uh, pretty early now. So, yeah, I had a good time. Some of the the after game side stuff, I'm I don't think I feel compelled to go back and do, but I, I probably played through eighty five percent of the game and really really enjoyed most of that, um, both both the gameplay and the and the story. I, I had a great time with the combat as well. It was really fun. Um, I started Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've been tinkering away at that one. I, usually when I pick up an RPG, like I really find time to like put hours into it but i've been trying to pace myself with this one do like half hour to an hour play a day kind of thing little little chunks and i'm really torn on it because i it's probably the best story and characters i've ever come across in fire emblem game i really like a lot of those parts of it but the gameplay is it's pushed into that modern trend that i don't like that awakening and uh conquest did it, so I'm, I'm kind of split on it like i'll probably end up being middle in the road where I, I really really used to love what that series was and it's just kind of changed so much and it's selling more than ever now so it's obviously going to keep pushing in that direction so i i'm enjoying my time with it but i i don't know if it'll be one i ever revisit after i'm done with it kind of thing but i just hit a point where there's like a, a big there, every fire Emblem game has a big twist part way through where like a war breaks out and and everything kind of goes bonkers and i'm right past that point now so everything's kind of going nuts and i get to see how it plays out which is really fun you to pick up the famicom everything but the game version that's what yeah <laughs> you hit the nail on the head there everything but the game if it had the game in there i would have been on board with it but i don't need all the other ephemeral stuff with it uh, the repro will fit really well in that box once you get it it looks really cool and i've heard the art book's like pretty substantial um yeah but i i don't need it if it had the game in it, I would have been a buyer 100%. Um, but speaking of Famicom, I've been playing Nintendo again, finally. It took a little, like, 
two, three week hiatus. I just was feeling a little burned out after Kari Warriors, so I wanted to play some modern stuff like the God of War and, and Fire Emblem and things like that. Um, so I, I played Crystallis. It was my first one back because I knew that game was pretty fun. I played it in the past, but I'd never finished it. So I, I knew I just wanted something light and fun and not too stressful to just kind of ease myself back into the NES. And it was perfect because as soon as it was done, I was like ready to jump in the next game kind of thing. Um, and I had a great time with Crystallis. Um, and there's a few Koei games that have been stacking up. And I didn't want to have my last games be all like strategy games because I've been ignoring them. So I'm like, I'm going to blast through some Koei games now. So I did <laughs> Nobunaga's Ambition 1 and 2 in the last week. Um, and one was a big learning curve, both because it's been a while since I've played a Koei game and because it's not a good Koei game. It's just one of the worst ones. So there's there were some systems in it that are don't make a lot of sense. It's really slow and clunky. The combat, like even just being in a in a regular combat stage, you have to make it scroll the screen either left or right to like see the whole battlefield before you can even fight and the scrolling's really slow so it just it was <laughs> tedious and then i ran into a bug at the end of the game so i wasn't able to finish it the first time and so i, I saved it sorry not a bug but like a programming overlook where uh someone made a pact with me um to make an alliance at the start of the game like the very start and he was across the other side of the map so me thinking yeah, I'll pocket this 400 bucks you're giving me and someone else will kill you by the time I get over there. Didn't work out because by the time I got over there, it was the only territory left and I couldn't declare war with them because we had that pact. They had to declare war with me. There's no way for the human player to break the pact. <laughs> and so I spent like an hour or two trying to throw ninjas at him to like assassinate him and <laughs> get his, his army to revolt against him and it wasn't working. So I saved it and I was like, I'll come back tomorrow and keep at this. When I came back the next day, my save file was corrupted and it wouldn't load it. So I had to start from scratch. But I'd figured out some stuff with the ninjas where you can take over properties pretty easily. So when I started my new game, I was able to take over like a ton of territory really, really quick, which made the whole playthrough only like four to five hours, which is really quick for a Koei game. So I'm curious, uh, do you um, do you put new batteries in the games when you play them? Or? I put new batteries in... Uh, both Nobunaga's and Bandit Kings before I did it because I knew they weren't saving because I, ch- I always check them first because I'm like, I'm not putting five hours into this and not having to save them. <laughs> yep. So I checked it, it wasn't saving, so I threw a new battery in and I was really confused when my data was corrupted because I've never actually had that happen before on any game. So I think what I might have done is, you know how it like, always tells you to like hold in reset when you push power? Mm-hmm. Like, is this the one time I didn't do that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of why else it wouldn't work because it seems to work fine now maybe yeah um but then nobunaga 2 was a lot better quicker better music um you got to be more aggressive in it too you didn't have to be as political like in the first one there was a lot of like i need to build up my town and my rice supply so that i can gain more tax money and then i can send the supplies out to the army states that i'm actually expanding with and and it was a lot of manipulating resources and in nobunaga 2 you start with like half the map already under your control so it's just like i'm just moving my troops and obliterating everybody and it was a lot more fun i I played through that today and and had a good time how many times can uh, nobunaga unite japan I mean, at a lot. least twice, at least <laughs> twice, minimum, many more. I hate to yeah. break it to you. 
Wow, that's all I need to play for my NES, so good. I'm going to start Bandit Kings of Ancient China next, so we'll see how that goes. It's one of the later ones, so I'm pretty curious how complex that one gets, because they seem to get a little more complex as they get further into the 90s. Lu Bu, that's all I know. It's just, you know, if you get the option. I don't option. know if he's in Bandit Kings. He's in the romance ones, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the story is to Bandit Kings yet. I don't know either. Yeah, I'll let you know next week, maybe. Yeah. Uh, a little more Sackboy's Big Adventure with my daughter. She's having a like super fun time with it. She finds these stupid little things that give her great joy. Like I, I typically have more orbs at the end of the level, so it gives me a trophy and takes my picture. So she, at first she was having fun just running in front of the picture and like photobombing <laughs> it. And so it looked like she had the trophy. And then she figured out she can actually hit me and take the trophy away from me and then run around with it. Um, and she'll like just zoom in and do little dances and she's customizing her costume and i have to get used to playing like a kid again because she doesn't always want to press the game forward and go to see the next level like i do she wants to play her favorite levels again and again and again and again and so like uh, it's fine a couple times because i can go back and get the collectibles we missed but after the fourth fifth sixth time we've got everything i don't have anything to do anymore it's just going through the motions but she has a really fun time with it um i watched wonder woman 1984 last night I was really looking forward to it and wasn't quite what I wanted from a Wonder Woman movie. Don't need to get into too much more than that. Um, and I've been working on the Batman animated series over the last few months, and I finally finished that off too. And I'm very pleased that I'm, I'm finally done that because it's one of it's been on my bucket list for a long time, and I've only really been really intimate with the first season for a long, long time. So I haven't really seen much of the last two seasons. It was neat to finish that one off. There were some cool. I don't like the art in the last season, but there were some cool stories that were really, really fantastic. And before we move into the main topic, Bill's got something special he wants to uh, try with us here. I'm curious about. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's something you know super special, but was, there was something that caught my attention uh, on the internet uh, this past week, and uh, I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." So uh, I just figured with the. Uh, 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 Playcast, um, you know, being good buddies of ours, we would give a little tribute to their concert cast segment. Uh, so uh, I'm a really big Smashing Pumpkins fan, especially the early uh, Pumpkin stuff. The newer stuff is a, a lot different. And uh, Billy Corgan um, put out a list of his top 10 favorite metal albums of all time. So mm -hmm. Kelsey being our resident metal man, I thought we would do a real quick live react to How old Kelsey's is Billy opinion. Corgan? I'm curious what our ages are like, because he's maybe, uh, what, 5, 10 years older than me? Billy Corgan age, since I already knew this, he's 53. Okay, so he's quite a bit older than me, can't Yep, born in 67. So this, we'll, we'll make this real quick, and we'll get into the meat and potatoes, but... Uh, uh, here are his 10 uh, favorite metal are these, albums. Are these in order from 10th uh, is least favorite, one's most favorite? Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> so the first one, Funhouse, The Stooges from 1969. You familiar That's with like this one? It's like proto-metal. I'm, I'm familiar with The Stooges. They got some cool stuff. But yeah, I, I wouldn't call that metal at all. It's okay. Like, that'd be like calling Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple metal. Like They're okay. kind of on the way there, but they're not quite there. So speaking of them, uh, Physical Graffiti, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that, and that's like not even <laughs> like a metally Led Zeppelin album. That's like a proggy one. Yeah. So, so so far we're zero for two. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, "Restless and Wild" by Accept from '82. Yeah, I love Accept. They're they're way up there for me. Good good yeah. choice. I I go Metal Heart's my favorite Accept album, but that's uh, 
that's a good one too. Okay, good. So now we're one for three. Uh, so we got Slayers. God hates us all. Sure, that's a more modern one, but it's probably my favorite of their modern stuff. I, I prefer the '80s stuff, but if I had to pick mm. a modern album, that's that's probably my modern Slayer album. Cool. Yes, and that's the 2001 release. Yeah. Uh, so next we have Rainbow on stage. Yeah, Rainbow is one of my favorite bands. I love Dio. Um, yeah, Rainbow Rising is one of my like Desert Island albums. So really? I'm, I'm happy to see some rain. And they're they're kind of like I was making fun of proto metal earlier. They're kind of in that realm too, but they're they're enough metal. I count them. Okay, so so we're this list is improving oh, yeah. <laughs> from from where it started. So it probably is in you know tenth to first. They're just not. It's just isn't on the list that I'm reading. Uh, so next we have something a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't say modern, um, but so this is kind of like in in my uh, uh, high school wheelhouse. Pantera's Far Beyond Driven. I've never been able to get into a whole Pantera album. Like mm. one or two odd songs here. But yeah, they just mm. haven't been. The '90s was a, a dark time for metal for me. I don't mm. like a lot of what was going on there. Gotcha. And looking at this list, that is the only '90s album on this list. Um, so uh, next, we have uh, a band you've probably never heard of, uh, Judas Priest uh, with "Unleashed in the East." Sure, that's a weird pick, but yeah, any Priest album I'm happy to see on there. Like that one gets made fun of. Uh, they call it "Unleashed in the Studio." Because it's supposed mm. to be a live album, and it mostly is, but apparently Rob wasn't happy with his vocals, so he re-recorded his vocals. <laughs> so the vocals sound real crisp and clear because yeah. it's not actually live, but the rest so, of the band's uh, live. So, it's a good so, album. Be, really good. so being a weird pick, this is not something you would typically expect to hear a Priest fan say this is their favorite album. That is no Priest fan's even top ten like album pick. Wow, like, it, okay. That's a really, really weird, like deep mm. cut like Priest pick, but I'm okay. happy to see any Priest on there. Cool. Uh, so, uh, so we're to the top three. So we should start seeing, uh, you know, you would so think some heavy hitters here. It might be all Judas Priest now. It might really. be, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, there's no more Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a 1983 cut. Uh, you got Merciful Fate, Melissa. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm a big Merciful Fate, King Diamond fan. Um, Melissa's a really important album, mm. but Don't Break the Oath is my favorite Merciful Fate Okay, uh, so now we got number two. Uh, the one on this list that I am uh, by far the most familiar with is uh, Master of Puppets, uh, Metallica. Sure. Yeah, not not much else to say about that. That's any of the first four Metallica albums are solid picks, and that's a really yep. good one. What would your guess be for the number one? <sighs> if it's well, yeah, if it's not Metallica, um, maybe an Iron Maiden. I haven't seen any Maiden or Black Sabbath on there yet. Those are the two big omissions so with what he's picking i'm gonna say he likes black sabbath and he'll pick a weird one like master of reality or something it is black sabbath okay and it or is... it's gonna be oh, the fourth album i can't remember the name of it now the one with super not on it is that the one what do you sabbath pick? bloody sabbath okay that's a good one any of the first like five sabbath albums are good picks no iron maiden on his whole list so that's surprising yeah i mean and he's you know when you when you i don't know uh i'm not as familiar with the metal as you are so i don't know if those picks mesh with his musical taste you know if you listen to well, kind of the stuff that inspires him and stuff if he's so. talking about accept and merciful fate like that's all that old iron maiden stuff like really fits in there and mm. i think if you knock the stooges off you've got room for a maiden album all right. So was that was that a fun, that fun. little exercise in the in metal? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that because I was 
planning on you know asking you about that, and I was like, oh, let's just do it on the on the show real quick. So I'm glad you uh, humored me with that. Yeah, thank you. One little surprise. All right, on to the main topic. So we're going to talk about all the best things that happened to us in 2020 that are kind of nerd related. <laughs> <laughs> So Heard adjacent. First, yeah. So the first category, being a gaming-centric cast, is what is the best game that came out in 2020 that you also played in 2020? Do we want to go down the list? We'll just do like Bill, Chris, me every time, or do we want to switch it up? Works for me. All right. Bill, what's the best 2020 game you played in 2020? All right. So with the caveat that there are several games that came out in 2020 that i really want to play but haven't played yet uh the top of that list being hades uh by super giant okay. which by all accounts is a very very good game and may have been you know my my call for this had i played it um the uh, uh the other one that i have purchased and played but i have not put enough time in it to say for sure is star wars squadrons really like it so far but I just haven't, you know, put put in, uh, uh, you know, enough time in the story and then in the, it in the multiplayer. Cool. I, I installed it. I just kind of wanted to see what it looked like, and I played the first mission. Normally, keyboard and mouse is, uh, you know, you, the way you play most PC games. Um, but there are certain games that just play way better on a controller, and Flight Simulation is one of them. Uh, Combat Sim, especially. The the control for Star Wars Squadrons with mouse and keyboard is really weird, and it's 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 odd because. Back in the days of Tie Fighter and X Wing and stuff like that's how you played. You uh, you know you did like your throttle and like you know like lock onto this guy and like you had all your keys that would do all the different things. Um, but it's really weird. Like on the in Star Wars Squadrons, and there might be a way to change it. I haven't found yet. The default is so like when you move your mouse. Like imagine if it was a first person shooter. If you move your mouse to the left, your guy your uh, character's view would immediately turn to the left and right mm-hmm. and like whatever it is. In this game, it's like you have your ship. And the cursor is like freely moving in like within this like, you know, like three to four inch, you know, like kind of like area in the middle there. And if you move your mouse within there, your ship doesn't change direction at all. You have to leave that little zone. And then once you leave that zone, like then the ship starts to turn that direction. So what that ends up happening, what uh, what ends up happening, is when you need to like move your hand like real quick left or right, and like I want to change direction this way or that way or that way, you actually have to like, it's like you're coaxing the ship to go that way. Like you drag the mouse over there, and you're like waiting for the ship to like catch up with where you're trying to go. And it's not like. uh, Like you use the arrow keys on the keyboard to like move the ship, and then you can move the reticle within that group it's nothing like that there there could be but if there was there was no tutorial to explain how that works that i saw in in playing the game so just immediately i was like nope and i picked up my elite controller and just like just use that like right from the start so i might switch back to it but that that i found that very jarring and it might just be like an option but i just thought it was odd enough to mention um, so, so again, those are like two of the games that I think could possibly, uh, make my, uh, uh, you know, my list had I played more of them. Um, but I have to go with, uh, uh, the sleeper pick little indie title cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's hard not to, uh, when I, when I, you know, think of how much time I put into it, how much, uh, it, it kind of won me and it, it, I didn't not like it and it had to win me over, but just how I kind of came to appreciate, uh, that game and honestly having that conversation with you on the show 
kind of solidified my opinions on it a little bit. Like, uh, like just having that discussion, I just realized how much I appreciated certain things or how much I admired, you know, the way yeah, uh, certain details of, were. A lot of what I've read and heard online has been so negative and about the bugs and stuff. It was really yeah. nice to talk to someone else who was enjoying it like I was yeah. too. Yeah. And I, and I saw one of the first uh, articles I'd seen um, on the game, um, positive articles on the game at all. And I, I wish I remember where I saw it, but it was a couple of days ago. And uh, the headline was just, uh, did cyberpunk just get really fun when we weren't paying attention? Because like, once you kind of like weed out, you know, like all the negativity and just sit down and just, you know, like figure out your flow, figure out like your gameplay. I mean, it's, it's still possible you won't like it, but it, you know, like it's, it's like, it's like murder when a game gets like that much bad press for like whatever reason early on, it's really hard to overcome that unless you have people that are just committed and say, I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to give it a try. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. Uh, but I'm really glad I stuck with it um, because it's it's got so many of those little moments in it. And even and after we uh, you know we finished our talk, when I met uh, uh, Brendan, um, <laughs> um, it just in this little side quest thing, and just his attitude and his positive. Speaking of positivity, just yeah. his attitude and positivity. And then like you'll come, you go up to him and he's like, like buddy, Did you finish like, that quest tree? N- not the entire one. That was okay. like one of my like half hour so play good. chunks. So like, I, but I, I but I stayed with him because I wanted to keep doing stuff with him. So like the first one was like, buddy. I, like uh, and I can't do his voice, but he's like, I really appreciate. It. Like I just want to see the world. I just I don't want to be you know blocked off. Could you just move? that dumpster it's like right in my view and so what you're talking to is a vending machine (laughs) who has a personality so there's a dumpster like right so you just walk right in front of the dumpster and using like your big metal hand you're just like boom and the whole thing just like moves 10 feet and he's wow you're really strong (laughs) and just everything about him is great and positive and cool and it's like oh this guy's awesome so then i like go do another thing and i'm like i want to see brendan again so then like i choose brendan and I, i go back to him so when I go back to him, because he's stationary, right, he's talking to a woman. And he's just, like, listening to her problems. And she's yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he thinks, that, like, I'm good enough or whatever. And the vending machine, Brendan, he's like, listen, you're, you're a great person. Like, you don't need to deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a cool little side thing in the middle of this, uh, uh, you know, big, uh, you know, like, mega corporation, you know, like uh, – uh, you know, like murder, you know, mystery with, uh, you know, different, like just weird futuristic things that they have these little moments. And it's what I've always loved about Fallout and uh, Skyrim where like, the, yeah, the main story could be cool. But like when you go off on the side and it's like, you know, uh, like the the vault in Fallout where like this guy just like replicated himself a million times and the vault's just full of clones that are all named Gary. And that's all they can say because, like, every time you make a clone of a clone, like, it gets a little bit worse. So you go <laughs> in this thing, and and you just, and there's enemies, and they're just like, Gary. And then when they see you, normally it's like, ah, oh, there you are, buddy. And then like they'll go after you. But when these guys see you, they're like, ha ha, Gary. And then they attack you. <laughs> I love just those little, you know, kind of like side uh, story uh, bits. And uh, Cyberpunk's full of them. And we said it before in the discussion. The you know. There's certainly room for some improvement with, you know, not just bug fixes, but like with certain features and certain quality of life improvements. But there's there's nothing about what about those things that are lacking that makes me say, I don't want to play this game until they fix those things. Like I want to get back in there and I want to find like more of those like moments here and there. So uh, that that's what I'm picking is uh, nice. Cyberpunk. Yeah. That game has been sticking in the back of my mind. I'm really excited for them to put out the next gen version because I, I want to do another run of it. And that, that'll be a great reason to. Yep. 
All right, Chris, what's the best thing you played in 2020 that came out in 2020? I know it's going to be a total shocker for everyone. <laughs> But it's actually Demon Souls. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess we'll allow it. <laughs> you know, you don't. You don't pay six hundred dollars to play a game for nothing. So yeah, um, I was impressed. You like put your money where your mouth was because before, like months before it came out, you're like, I'll just I'll buy the system when Demon Souls comes out, whenever that's ready. And as soon as they announced it at a launch game, you're like, yeah. I guess I'm getting it at launch. Uh, you know, that's what I wanted to play, and I don't regret it. I'm playing a lot of good stuff now, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I am really, I was kind of scared, right? It from wasn't heading this one up. They had Bluepoint, mm. which I've never played one of Bluepoint's remastered games, so I don't have any experience with them. I know they've, everybody raves and said they've they've done great work, and so that made me feel a little better. But I was kind of concerned, because obviously I was sure. very, very familiar with it, and I'm like, oh, please don't break this, or please don't make it bad. Mm-hmm. And besides a little change with the art style, which they went a little Western with the art style that I was not thrilled with, which was basically make everything scarier <laughs> um, and more brutish, right? Um, because the other, like original Demon Souls, like a lot of the characters are... At least they didn't go bloodborne and make everything slimy and wet. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but like the original Demon Souls, like a lot of the enemies are kind of like, ragged and spindly and kind of you know like they've really decomposed or something to a point i don't know if that's the right right term but anyway but here they made many of them very brutish you know i guess to be more frightening but anyway what really impressed me though is that they basically just rebuilt the structure of the game and the mechanics of how it actually worked so playing the game played the same as it did so all the action feels exactly the same as was originally designed and intended. They just spruced up some of the pieces that could have used some work. So, you know, they redid some of the animations, but they took time to make sure all the timings matched exactly with the way they oh, did with the original neat. game. Yeah. So, I mean, down to everything. So even though the old, the new backstab might look really cool with all the new weapons, the timing is exactly the same as it was. So if you're used to playing it before, nothing has changed. Um, they did a couple quality of life improvements that I think was a good idea because you have item burden in that game. You can only hold so many things like fallout or whatnot. So that was a real problem in the first game because there wasn't a way to just set it down and go get it later. It would be gone. Um, so in this one, they have a way where you could just instantly like send it back to your, to the home base. You know, you, You'd have to go back and get it if you want it. There's no way to get it back to you, but at least you don't have to worry about, like, I can't get this at all or whatever the case is. Um, and they did a few other things. The graphics are amazing. I mean, they're just fantastic. Um, this is what I would expect from a next-gen system. It's one of those things where I went back afterwards not too long ago and played some Dark Souls 3 just to kind of give myself some perspective. And even though it's not that old, going back now, you're like... Yeah. All right, I can <laughs> I can see right. This really looks clunky now compared yeah, the to cracks in the paint. To. Yeah, and like there's like the loads are basically gone, which was a real pain with the original one. Um, sure, yeah, because that was an early PS3 game. Yeah. yeah, and you know, obviously, all the multiplayer is back, just like it was before, good, bad, and otherwise. <laughs> uh, like one of the best things is like you anybody that plays the game like the best parts are always like these stories that you can get into with that because there's this boss fight which is 
a PvP boss, but you get summoned, right? Um, you can get summoned as the boss in that game. And so one player gets to play the boss and the other person has to fight them. And that's where the best stories come from, always. So I had one, and, and you do it a lot. So that way, like, oh, I'll be the boss this time. I'll, you know, or like, okay, it's my turn. I'll go through it. And I had this one time where I was going through and fighting this guy, and he's the boss. And, like, every time he tried to, like, it was very back and forth, right? Because he can heal, I can heal. And so it's, it's you have to be very strategic. And I'm just, you know, he would try with this thing, and I would, I was pretty good, right? So I would just always stay outside of his reach, punish him when he's doing things. And, like, it went on for, I don't know, it was, you know, like 10 minutes or something. And eventually got to the point where he just his character he just went over the corner and he just sat down <laughs> and let me and let me kill him. He's like, "Okay, you got me. I'm done. Good job." <laughs> so, because uh, you can gesture, so he just goes over, he bows, he sits down, and then and that's it. <laughs> and you get to and I get to kill him. So it's just again, there's just a lot of fun things that happen in that game. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it deserves to have been a launch game for PlayStation 5. So, great title. Speaking of launch games for PlayStation 5, mm. I went back and forth on this a lot, but I think my favorite game I played was Astro's Playroom on the really? PlayStation 5. Love it so much. <laughs> my kids and love it's that. This my kids love sm- it. It's this small little free thing that came with it that I had no interest in. Before, like, I did not buy the system to play this game. I bought the system to play, like, Spider-Man and Cyberpunk. And so the fact that that kind of edged out over those two, like, just kind of blows my own mind. Um, And we played uh, Rescue Bot earlier in the year, so we we really liked Astro Bot already because that was a great PSVR game. But that character is just, I'm really excited for whatever they do next with Astrobot now because they're, <laughs> they're so charming and cute and playful. And it like celebrated like all this PlayStation history throughout it. That was really neat. There's all these little Easter eggs and, and uh, collectibles that have things to do with each generation of the PlayStation. And if you're paying attention to the levels, like you're in like the GPU in one stage and the the computer's singing a song about <laughs> GPUs and the next one's talking about cooling systems and like they're they're they sound so stupid, but they're really clever how they how they implement them. And the use of the controller was fantastic. Like when you're swimming in water, the rumble feels different than when you're walking on sand, which feels different than when you're skating on ice, which feels different than when you're walking on clouds and like which is really neat. Uh, my daughter really got into the game too, so that helped kind of push her. We played it more than I would have even because she kept wanting to go back to it and play it because it was so cute. Like she'd want help to get up to the diving boards because there's this part where there's like a small, medium, and large diving board, and we played it so many times she eventually got the dexterity to climb up it herself and didn't need help wow. anymore. And she was so excited when she made it to the <laughs> big diving board the first time. And then uh, each stage has a different. Uh, thing that you can transform into that uses a different function on the controller. So there's one where you turn into a monkey and you have to use the triggers and like actually tilt the controller around to like climb up the walls. And there's <laughs> one where you are in like just a marble basically and you use a touchpad to roll yourself around. We just had a, a ton of fun playing with those things and I'm super excited when games kind of celebrate their history and i've never seen a non-nintendo game like celebrate their history so well that it, it got me excited i'm like i i love stuff like nintendo land and smash brothers for all the history they do 
the SNK 40th collection I played not too long ago, and it does a great job celebrating all this old SNK stuff. So it's really cool to see Sony getting on board with that and, and doing a really good job of it. So that was one of my favorite things I played all year that came out nice. this year. So can um, I ask real quick, is yeah, that please. bundled with every PlayStation? Yeah, it's already installed on the system. You just uh, boot it up and it's there. Have they said if that's going to be with every PlayStation that they plan to release in the future? Is it's not going away at any time? Or I haven't seen any press release on that one way or the other. I'm okay. not sure what the future plans are, but I think at least until they do a revision, I would just assume it's in with all the base model ones. Cool. Yeah. Um, so next topic, uh, what's the best game you played in 2020 that came out prior to 2020? Bill? Back to me, huh? So uh, uh, I I went back and forth on this one a little bit too because uh, you know every once in a while you'll boot something up and you'll get those feelings where you're like, oh man, I forgot, you know, like how, how good this was or, you know, but I feel like, you know, like we've, we've, we've talked about a lot of that stuff. So um, what I... Uh, uh, what I do a lot is I'll see what's on Game Pass or like you know get the Epic game or something like that. So I it's but it's it's not com- it's not you know common that something will just kind of like really wow me like a lot like Chris says a lot. Uh, you know I've I've kind of gotten to the point with my gaming taste where like I kind of know what I'm gonna like before I play it or know what I, that I'm not gonna like that you know before I try it. So I had heard of this game. I talked about it you know a week or two in the last couple shows. I'd heard about this game, I knew it was supposed to be good, but it wasn't really on my radar at the same time, but I'm telling you, Jedi Fallen Order is the real deal, and it's, it's, if I wasn't going back to Cyberpunk because I want to stay with it while it's fresh, like, I think about, you know, like, the games that, like, you like so much, like, you think about them when you're not playing them, and, like, you think, like, oh, like, when, when I'm, you know, when can I go downstairs and just fire this up for a half hour and, you know, like, farm this area or whatever, um, so I talked about it a little bit previously on the show, but if, if you haven't heard any of that stuff, so Jedi Fallen Order, uh, it's, it's a game, uh, like a third person, um, uh, uh, you know, point of view. It's, I didn't realize how soulsy it was until I talked to you guys about it and you said like, no, like you're underselling how soulsy it is. It's very soulsy. Yeah. Um, not so much in the difficulty, but just in the way that the combat is, um, they uh, they expect you to uh, you know to get the timing to get the parries to watch your stamina to watch your abilities to watch your items and to be aware don't get yourself into this combat into a situation where you could get into combat you know if if you're gonna get in big trouble with it like go this way instead like plan there are like you know essentially campfires that you know like respawn all the enemies in the area so there's like some like direct soulsy things in there but um, just to even back up uh, from there it kind of opens up. Uh, you know, you're kind of like just this, like this, you know, kind of junk worker, like on this distant, uh, you know, like Star Wars, uh, you know, worlds. And early on, like very, right from the beginning, it feels very Prince of Persia with the, um, uh, with uh, just moving around the environment. Um, you know, just uh, with uh, you know, the platforming, or like, or like a, like a, like an Uncharted, Uncharted uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like an Uncharted type, where like you're climbing up vines and going to the side and dropping, dropping, jumping, moving around. So there really isn't a whole lot of combat early on um, until like you know the lightsaber bits come later. So at first, I just think it's like a traversal, uh, you know, type game, and I'm like, oh, awesome, you know, love Prince of Persia, love uh, Uncharted until the gunplay starts. So like, let's <laughs> let's stick with this. But another thing that that stood out to me is just how good looking this game is it's so (laughs) good looking it's like and not just like little bits of it like 
at any point in time where you could just stop and like freeze frame and just look at it. It's gorgeous. And the movement's great. And a lot of times like there'll be, you'll, you'll have to like slide down to an area and like, you know, there, there's things happening and, uh, uh, I don't want to spoil too much like the story, but like you're getting chased by agents who don't like the Jedi early on. And, uh, so you have some encounters with them and then you separate. And, uh, so you can well, this is not really a, a spoiler, but you kind of realize that you have received Jedi training before and you're kind of in hiding. And I really like that aspect of it because it's not like a lot of Star Wars things where either like you start as nothing and then you have to like, you know, gain all your stuff or like you start off as like, you know, uh, you know, like Obi-Wan, you know, like I'm Obi-Wan and I have everything already. So it was kind of like that in between, like I've, I'm, I'm beyond the beginner phases, but like, I'm not like a master. So you have your, you know, different skill trees you can go after, but I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, it's really, really good. The performances are amazing. Uh, the voice acting is really good. I've mentioned before on the show, I'm not familiar with the guy who plays uh, uh, the lead in it. Um, Kelsey, you said that he's in the uh, the Gotham show, right? He was Gotham one of the Joker and versions. Shameless. Yeah, I've seen him in two yeah. shows, um, and I like him as an actor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's solid. Um, Deborah Wilson, who I recognize from Mad TV from ages ago, uh, is uh, one of the leads in it. Um, and uh, a lot of the other guys are like creatures, so I don't recognize them, <laughs> you know, besides their voices. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. I uh, can choose what planet to go to. And then once you're there, it's a lot, it reminds me a lot of souls in that it's not like this linear path. Like you can tell just by standing in some place, you can see some enormous creature that you don't want to fight. And it's like, I could go that way, but that's going to be really difficult. And that guy's probably going to kill me. So I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go this way instead and try to figure out a way to, to do this. And, uh, uh just, just. I'm I'm relatively early where I've just can you know can go to like a handful of different planets, but every time I sit down with it, and it's great because you'll get into a room, and you'll just have to figure out how do I get up there, and then like you figure it out, and it's uh, it's it's really really got my attention so far. Um, everything about it's just great, and hopefully I I can keep playing it and keep going with it. But uh, when EA added uh, their you know a lot of their catalog to Game Pass, that was when I grabbed it. And so if you have Game Pass, man, is that a good one uh, to grab for uh, for uh, your Game Pass uh, library? Nice. Yeah, I played the first uh, couple hours that I really really wanted to revisit because it, it grabbed me right away too. Yep. Um, so Chris, what's the best uh, older game you've played in 2020? I would say it's a lot older, but uh, last year I did finally play the Resident Evil 2 remake. And uh, that was, man, really good. These both picked great ones. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's one of those games where I'd waited a little bit to come down in price because it was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I liked Resident Evil 2 a lot back in the day, but I was like, you know, and I heard everybody kept praising it, praising it like they did such a great job. So I'm like, okay, well, I waited. And then, like, Gamefly, right? Uh, they eventually picked up, like, 20 bucks. And, um, and yeah, I mean, just, man, they did such a top-to-bottom fantastic job remaking that game. And it was fun to play. Uh, you know, the jank was gone from the old days. <laughs> you could just enjoy what it was. They added just a little bit of new, enough to make it a little bit more you know, like, okay, I got to stay on my toes a little bit. But um, you just felt like, okay, this is solid, except maybe I don't have to worry about ink ribbons. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like those little quality life things that that just seemed fine back in the day, but they, yeah, they'd be really annoying now. 
Yeah, mm. and I think they even had a mode. If you wanted to do the ink ribbon thing, you could. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I'm not a masochist. I don't want to kill myself. But it was just going back to that story, um, which was a great story. I mean, before Resident Evil, some in some ways, later on, kind of got off the rails and lost its way around five and six. It's just really solid, and you you feel the impact of killing the zombies. You know, it's. Yeah, it's just a very solid game, and they did a fantastic job. I have not played the RE3 yet, so one of these days, maybe when it's mm. cheap, again, I'll pick it up. I haven't heard as good things. It's um, just as good. It's just not as impactful because you're like, I just played like this amazing version. It's just as amazing. It's not more amazing than 2. Okay. Well, I, I just And remember, the story's not as good as 2. Yeah, so. that's what I remember about 3 is even back in the day, the story was kind of like, I mean, it was just that whole, ooh, Nemesis follows you everywhere. I mean, that was kind of the big gimmick yeah. in that game. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind going back and checking it out. I probably will here at some point in time. But, yeah, I, mm. uh, it was a great game to play in 2020. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I got to play that with a group of friends before all the lockdown stuff started. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my favorite multiplayer gaming experiences because we would pass the controller around every time uh, we got to like save point or someone died or something. And it was like so tense for the first like two hours <laughs> to not be the first person who died because <laughs> there was a it's, room of like yeah. eight of us. Oh, wow. So, so RE2 is always, like as much as I talk about Code Veronica and how special that experience was in the Dreamcast for me. Like, if I'm being honest, like, 2 was always, like, my favorite uh, Resident Evil. Um, so it's been on my wish list for quite a while. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about it. When you look at the Steam, uh, and it's on PC, which is great, because eventually I can get it, uh, uh, just play it on the PC. Um, but when you look at games on Steam, people can review games. And uh, it's not numbers, but, you know, is this, like, you know, like, you know, positive, neutral, negative. It's very, very simple. But then what happens is they aggregate those. So when you're looking at a game, it'll say, like, oh, like, this game has mostly positive reviews. Or, like, oh, like, this is mixed. Uh, like, so, like, early on, No Man's Sky was just mixed. And, like, now No Man's Sky is, like, you know, mostly positive. And sometimes you can see, like, if a game's, like, uh, uh, like, like, like uh, updates the reviews like will change so it's it's really cool to actually look at like the current state of a game like in, in steam uh resident evil 2 is one of these uh, uh uh rare games where when you go to look at the reviews it says overwhelmingly positive <laughs> so everybody everybody is into this so i i really i've seen some video but i'm trying not to watch very much to say siloed but very excited to dig into this one eventually like when you walk into the room where everyone's desks are in the old one you have to walk up to the desk, click your your button, and it'll pop up a little text box saying, you know, like Albert Wesker sat here. On this one, like you go into that room and it looks exactly like I pictured it looking like 30 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. And you can like read the nameplate on there just like by looking at it with the camera. Like yeah. oh, it, it's so beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. I, it, I mean, I haven't heard anything but good stuff about it. So very, very good pick. Yeah, yeah really good pick. Uh, so my favorite game I played in 2020 that came out prior to 2020. Akari another... Warriors, right? Yeah. <laughs> Akari. I, I played like 100 NES games last year. And I'm, I'm not picking any of those. <laughs> um, it's another game that I'd always heard really good things about. And people like always like build like overwhelmingly positive. Like I've never really heard anyone trash. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it's good. But is it yeah. that good? 
and it was that good. I played wow. through Portal Two um, uh, this last year, and I this cannot believe how much games. I loved it. I I, it's, it's like one game. of my favorite games of all. I'm just gonna let you I, talk I about it. I get it. Like it's one of those things where it just gets hyped and hyped and hyped, and I'm like, yep. there's no way it's gonna live up to this hype, and it did. Like oh, it was so, so good. good. So my son and I played through the first Portal game several months before that. And we really liked it. And I was like, I got the second one and I heard there's a cool co-op mode. Do you want to try it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So we played through the co-op first mm. and had just a blast with it. Like mm. it took us like two days. I think it wasn't yeah. super long, but it was so much fun. Uh, it was so silly and the yeah. puzzles were interesting. Yeah. Also we... completely different. Like yeah, it's which... not just the game in co-op. It's a different experience. Which I didn't expect. So we played yeah. through the co-op and then I said, hey, do you want to see what the single player is like? Expecting it just to be the same thing we just did. <laughs> and it's a totally, totally, like vastly different game. It's another game, yeah. And so we played through it again, just switching off controllers like every puzzle. Or if like oh, I was so done for like 20, good. 30 minutes on a part, it's like, okay, you give this a try now. Like I can't. And, and we made it very, we made a pact early on. We're like, we're not looking up any of these puzzle answers. We're going to sit here and Good figure it you. out no matter how long it takes us. And yeah, like some of them like took, like stuck on the same puzzle for two or three hours. And it's something that once you know what to do, it's like two minutes tops. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's like, it's on a failure, but you're like, oh, I see what has to happen now. And then it's like, you got like, it. My son was... 11 just turning 12 at the time we played this and he's played games like since he was five like he's he's you he know his way around a controller and stuff but just seeing him solve puzzles quicker than i was able to in a bunch of cases <laughs> was really neat and in ways yeah. that i wasn't even thinking like, mm-hmm. like we've got this go- this gun that makes us like have a bounce pad like yeah. what can we do with this and he's just like ignore that we don't even need it to do this thing and i'm like what yeah. like just, <laughs> It was so interesting, and I didn't expect – I expected GLaDOS to be played out from the first one too because she was great in the first one. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I got enough though. I didn't need mm-hmm. more, and they gave me some more, and it was really good again. Yep. I don't know how they did that. It's one of these things. Like There is a handful of games that I will just play – you know, not like it's not like when I say like I play this game once a year. It's not like you know every February sixteenth I play this game, but like it just happens like at some point during the calendar year. I'm like I haven't played this game in a while. I must play it. And Portal Two, I, I can't I can't explain how much I love this game. And it's just and I know uh, with Chris saying he's more of a gameplay than a story guy. The gameplay is so rock solid, but the humor and the story and even like the world building. Like so, the non-spoken piece. Yeah, like when you'll get to an area, um, and you uh, Wheatley Simmons. Uh, oh the, yeah, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah, J.K. Simmons. Perfect. Every when, time he opened his mouth, you, it was just and, gold. And when and then so when you find out that Glados is based on like this woman who like worked at Aperture Science, and yeah. he's talking about her, and she's like spit, spouting out all these like uh, you know like scientific facts and stuff like that, and he's like, "Sorry, ladies, or sorry, uh, uh, sorry guys, she's married." to science <laughs> every line is gold and uh uh like the, her slow clap circuit when they're like falling down uh the chasm man and then the moon at the end uh sorry spoiler alert but dude the this game is otherworldly good and i'm so glad that you uh you got around to playing and you enjoyed yourself yeah it, there's nothing better than 
like because i know you've talked very highly about this game too there's nothing better than playing it and it's like clicking for me just like i hoped it would like oh, cause that's i i honestly i don't like i've heard all these good things so i had those expectations but at the same time i'm like there's no way i'm going to enjoy this yeah. as much as the first one and i just i did in every way like that's so good so awesome i mean i we, we i could go on just quoting lines from portal all night and uh, i will off the air after we're done but yeah i'm <laughs> thrilled thrilled with this pick awesome glad you enjoyed that um so our next category um probably won't be as long as the first two but what game <laughs> coming out this year for 2021 are you most excited for that you're planning to pick up this year if you can bill what do you got so, yep start with me again pipeline? so um i'll mention a couple that i'm cautiously optimistic for um i'm cautiously optimistic about chorus um yeah uh, me too yeah, it just got a great look to it. Um, great aesthetic. Um, we haven't seen like a whole ton. Like they've shown the kind of like you know snippets of what gameplay could be, but we all know you know it's when... sci-fi game with a sentient ship that you have Ex- some kind of relationship with. Yeah, that's a cool hook. Yeah, uh, like like you have my attention. <laughs> so you don't have my money just yet, <laughs> but you've definitely got my attention. Uh, so yeah, cautiously optimistic about that. And even though it got you know like some mixed uh, reviews or like some mixed press when they showed it. I'm still looking forward to Halo Infinite. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they do some good things with it. I've always enjoyed those games, even if I just like play through the campaign and then you know had a good time with them. Um, and even though I'm not a big Breath of the Wild fan, I just wanted to mention Breath of the Wild 2 in case it does happen this year. Uh, my kids have kind of gotten me it's reinterested not in that this year. Well, I mean, I'd, I still I'd be I already mentioned that. So, <laughs> so uh, but my my kids have gotten me back into it by just being interested in Breath of the Wild and asking me to help them with things. Say, oh, daddy, like how do I beat this guy? And I'm like, you don't have any weapons. How am I supposed to help you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll use the bow and arrow. You also don't have any arrows. So, uh, and then we're in like a moderate test of strength with zero weapons. I'm like, I like, I can only do so much to help you out here. So, um, but yeah, so uh, and. Uh, I I came close to picking Gotham Knights for this um, because I love the uh, uh, the world I love the uh, the the hook the premise of the game um, and what kind of held me back from it a little bit is um, obviously it's not Rocksteady it's uh, WB Montreal who is behind Arkham Origins I think yeah that's right um, yeah so and Arkham Origins is the only one of the Arkham games I wasn't crazy about though I have heard from people like it is worth a playthrough so maybe I'll go yeah. back to it so I'm gonna go with uh, a bit of a bit of a sleeper considering how the last game did i'm gonna go with far cry 6 i'm oh, gonna hope crazy. i'm gonna because i you know i just think back and we may have mentioned this on the last show i i think back about how like the love affair i had with far cry 3 and then thinking like there's no way 4 is gonna be like as good as 3 and 4 was amazing and i played i played a ton of 3 played a ton of 4 me and chris would like clear out enemy camps <laughs> together you know you'd mark a guy like get like okay one or three, two, one, mark. And it was just a blast. And it was a cool setting and cool enemy and everything about it was great. And then five happened. And even though I'm a bigger defender of five, I do recognize that it's not the same as, as three and four. So I'm hoping we get like a little bit of a return to form. And even with like Far Cry Primal, which um, just always felt like, I, I hate using the term cash grab, but it just felt like it didn't fit. And it felt like it could have been like an expansion to another game, like a little side story thing. I don't, th- you know, like it just it just didn't feel like Far Cry to me. How about the um, New Dawn one or whatever? Right? Did you even touch that one? Yeah. So that was uh, uh, expand. That was a uh, uh, expansion content for five, right? It or was, was it? Or was it, was it a, a standalone? 
Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. Yep, was not on my radar. Like I saw it, I assumed it was expansion content for five. It's <laughs> like... set in the same yeah place as five, isn't yeah. it? It's a it's mm. a post right story because spoiler alert but if you haven't played it by this time plus the new dawn already spoiled it a nuke goes off at the end of five and like the ending scene in five is you and the guy who plays the villain uh, the actor's name is greg brick sorry i can't remember like the character's name in the game but like you end up like you know like like in like a vehicle and like you're like plowing like through the jungle or and like you know you're 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 trying to Jungles get away from Montana. Like, yeah, the or not. I shouldn't say jungle, like the forest. <laughs> like you're like plowing through like forest, and there's like foliage and leaves and all this crap. And then like you end up like you know you get to a bunker, and then you get down and like you close the door of the bunker, nuke, and then like you you leave the bunker, and it's like, oh no, like the nuke has gone off. So it's like you and the bad guy, like all right, like looks like I won type deal, and then like it's over. So yeah, I remember the premise of New Dawn being like okay we got to rebuild and so it's like super original video game idea in this post apocalyptic world <laughs> so um yeah it wasn't really on my radar so um i'm really hoping that far cry 6 uh, can kind of be a return to form for them uh with with career bad guy giancarlo esposito uh in it and with the rumor being that his son I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm not usually one to speculate, but like the all signs are pointing to his son in Far Cry 6 being Voss from Far Cry 3. So 6 actually being a prequel to 3. Um, and there's been th- people have like spotlight because there's a there's a kid that Giancarlo Esposito like is like talking to in the teaser for six. Yeah, he's got his, and he's, like hands on someone's shoulders on the cover, doesn't he? Yep, and he's got like I forget what it is, but he's got like a scar or like so, like a you know something on his face, and people have picked it out on Voss, and they're like, oh, that's Voss. So like I don't know if it's supposed to be a secret or you know or what, but uh, that's that's what signs are pointing to now. So. They're they're back down in the you know in Latin American jungle, so uh, hopefully that's a that's a good sign. Well, I hope you are pleasantly surprised when it when it finally comes out. I don't mm. think they have a set date on that. I think it got like delayed indefinitely right now. Still for this year, it, but like yeah, and that's the other thing. It's it, it's it was hard to pick these things out because a lot of games either you don't know what's going on or like a lot of times like I know this doesn't happen as much anymore. But you really love it when like a game gets like announced in May and it's like it's coming out in November, you know. But like I, I don't feel like you see that a whole lot. Well, these with days. all the work from home stuff right now too, I don't think anyone's comfortable doing that at the moment because they right. are almost expecting to have to delay it a few months. It, exactly. So, so yeah. So uh, I, I kind of looked at like my you know upcoming anticipated you know 2021 list from a handful of different places, and that's what I came up with for what I'm uh, what I'm optimistic for. Cool. All right, Chris, what do you got? Well, I I couldn't narrow it. Well, if, I guess I had to narrow it down to one. I probably could, but I won't. So I'm going to cheat a little <laughs> bit. I mean, obviously the one I would be most interested in playing would be Elden Ring. But I think at this point in I time... I thought that was your pick. Yeah. Nobody even knows if, yep. if Elden Ring is... A, nobody's seen anything on it for years. So yeah. I, have, I have a guess. You Tell me what it is, and I'll, I'll let you know if it's my guess was right. Uh, oh, for the others? Um, so yeah, as you. far as that, I don't have anything else to say about Elden Ring because nobody knows anything about Elden Ring. So if it comes out this year, oh, of course, I'm going to buy one day one. But the other, there's two. Um, first, I'll give my surprise and then probably the one everybody's going to guess anyway. So um, the the next one would be No More Heroes 3. So okay. we're finally yeah. getting 
a real No More Heroes 3 and not some side stories and whatever the case is. Um, so that gets me excited. I the, the ridiculous stories of Travis Touchdown, I think I could just keep going <laughs> into them forever. Like, he's such an idiotic character that you almost have to love. Um, and you just want to see this the stupid, crazy crap he gets himself into. So and none of it but makes sense. I, I just love seeing how each thing escalated because every time you play boss, you're like, the next one can't be crazier than that, and yeah. it's like so much crazier. <laughs> yeah, and you're just sometimes you're just like, huh? And then they like bring it back. Like I remember, like you know, it's been long enough. So like in in the first No More Heroes, there's a boss that you don't ever even get to fight. It just turns into like a cutscene. But then when you play No More Heroes two, like it's back, and it's like you finally get to fight the thing, yeah. and. So, I mean, they just kind of, they connect it all together. It's really well done. Like, so Travis Touchdown is such a, again, like, half the time, like, an idiot. and and Half the time, he's always. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> but, like, a lovable idiot. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to be cool so bad, but he's just absolutely not cool at all. Um, so, yeah, No More Heroes 3, I'm, I'm really excited. And then the one probably, I'm going to guess Bill or anybody could probably guess this, uh, Bravely Default 2 which um which comes out here next month i think if it doesn't get pushed around yeah. anymore and uh i've already i've blabbed on about that series long enough in the past nobody's going to be surprised about that one um but i'm really i just can't explain how much i love that job system of the turn-based combat mm. that just takes me back to traditional final fantasy i always say if you liked old school final fantasy turn-based final fantasy you owe it to yourself to play the Bravely games because they are, to me, they've carried on that lineage. Whereas New Final mm -hmm. Fantasy is just like, screw it, we're going to do an action game now. Yeah. And are, is Old Bravely only available on the, uh, uh, the what do you call it? 3DS. The, uh, the DS. Yeah. They're only on yeah. 3DS. I would not be surprised. I, you know, depending on how well this one sells, but they've been mm -hmm. the reason they make so much because they've been surprised so far about how well it's sold. Mm -hmm. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if you get a one and two on Switch. I mean, they'd mm -hmm. have to rework some things to be on one screen instead of two, but nothing that I think would impact things. Yeah, like right. Square itself has done that, like with. Uh, the world's not enough that's another square game that was ds only they've figured out how to make it work on one screen so i'm sure they can do it again yeah that's stuff that's displayed on the other screen are like maps and and mm. world like... ends with you i think i said something different before world ends no, with I, you that's the I, game. I, yeah I, that's what i thought i heard you say unless uh yeah but yeah i knew what you're talking about yeah second screen has always been like menu based stuff or things like that so you could totally convert it no mm. problem and i wouldn't shock me at all if they do a a bravely connection, you know, a collection or something, depending on the, how smart. this one sells. I, like they've got such a history, they should they should have tons of collections out on the Switch already. I know, but you know, I always said that 3DS should have got a, a Virtual Boy collection that never happened because uh, it yeah. was a 3D system, and then there's no reason why DS and 3DS games didn't come to Wii U because it's two screens. But you know, mm -hmm. sometimes Nintendo just anyway. Yeah, there there was a uh, not not to get off topic because we're actually doing really good with non tangents this episode. But I read a interview with Dave Bowser recently, where Dave like Bowser? Doug Bowser, sorry, um, where like I like back when you would have like Reggie interviews, I feel like you would you you were like talking to a dude, 
Like, I don't know if that was just, like, my impression, but, like, it just felt like a guy, sure. and you were talking I about, like, Nintendo games with... I think that's why people liked him with. so much, yeah. Right. And, um, I, like, I don't... Obviously, don't know Bowser, um, but, like, the interview I read with him, it felt like every answer he was, like, injecting, like, uh, uh, like a the marketing or a promotion. Kind of yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a better way to say Filthy it. Filthy corpo. And, and, like, it wasn't, like, awful, but, you know, he's like, it would be a really good question. And he's like, well, I really think that that speaks to the way our fans uh, really uh, like buying games physically when you look at our eight attachment rate to every Switch. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, like yeah. that, like, so... I he made everybody mad the, like two weeks ago when they were like, well, why is the Mario game only on sale until March? And he's like, well, that's a celebration. It feels more like a celebration. That might be that might be because it was a Polygon interview with maybe Rush Frustic. I can't remember who it was, but like that was like the headline. It was like, oh, they talk about like why like the Mario collections going away in March no, or something. No, that, <laughs> that but that entire interview, like every answer has Corpo speak in it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I know they have a message and everything, but like, it's, I, I really, I really prefer the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Reggie style. So it's one of those like things. Bowser's that... body's just not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He needs to get on it. Uh, no. yeah. But I mean, that's it for me. Like I said, I, I can dream of Elden Ring, but nobody knows what to dream of yet. So, but I, sure. there, I know I've got good games coming and I'm excited to play. I mean, it'll give me something to actually do with my switch again. So I haven't touched that thing in quite a while. Well, my game, probably also not a surprise, uh, because I think I mentioned it last episode we did with Pam, two episodes ago, um, is Gotham Knights. Mm. I love Batman. I love the last batch of Batman games. I, unlike Bill, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of that WB Arkham Origins. It's not my favorite Arkham game, but it's really solid. And with all the time they've had to put into it, I'm really excited about it. I've played as Batman a ton of times, so I'm pretty excited to see these four different characters. Um, I'm, you know, big fan of two of these characters in particular. I really love Batgirl stuff, and I really love Tim Drake's uh, Robin. So I'm super excited to play with those two. I've more recently started getting into some Red Hood stuff. I'm, I'm warming up to him, so I'm, I'm. He'll be an interesting character to play in comparison to the other ones too, where they all kind of fit that batman stereotype whereas he'll use you know grenades and explosives and guns and stuff that batman typically strays from so should add some variety to the gameplay at the very least you know nightwing's in there too i'm not a big uh, dick grayson guy but uh, i'm sure he'll be fine i i like the concept they showed though where you've got like the whole city and you can go anywhere you want right off the bat uh, but some areas you know are going to be tougher than others if you're not uh, spec'd out for them or well equipped or leveled up so there, there's some rpg elements where i get to customize my my bat family how i want them and, and take them into combat so if i'm going to fight mr freeze i'm going to want different perks and if i'm going to fight bane and yeah. so that, that's kind of Victor. a neat idea yeah, yeah. and the co-op aspect's actually really intriguing to me um, I've got a friend locally that I know will come play that with me if we're allowed to play with each other at that point in his time. Uh, or if they have the online up and going and, and Bill's willing to grab a copy, that's another game I would definitely uh, spring for some PS Plus if there's cross-play and uh, let him pick his favorite Bat Family characters first and I'll take the scraps. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, They're all good picks too. There's, uh, I mean, I, yeah. guess for you, uh, I guess for you, Grayson would be your scrap. He's my scrap, but like, I'm fine with that scrap. Like, it's yeah. not it's not like I dislike him. Just out of those four, he's my least favorite. Right, and and he's been playable in uh, um, Arkham Knight, right? 
Yeah, and he was a character in one of the Injustice games too. I can't remember. Oh yeah, I didn't play those. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the first one. Um, yeah, I got nothing against Dick Grayson. Just out of those four, he's my he's my last pick for dodgeball kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like like Batgirl is like my number one of those guys. I'm not as familiar with your uh, as you are with um, uh, the uh, uh, that that Robin story arc. Um, and um, I I'm not familiar with Red Hood almost at all. Like I've, I wasn't I've, until this year. I yeah. really recently started warming up to him, and he's a lot more interesting than i thought initially right I read a couple cool red hood stories this year yeah i mean it's it's not spoilery talking about who red hood is right i don't think so like, okay so he used like, to be a robin there's three robins right, in this game <laughs> right exactly yeah so like uh uh like i'm familiar with jason todd um with some of the uh, uh you know the graphic novels that i've uh, they've got over the years but also obviously from uh, uh, arkham knight um but uh I, you know, the Red Hood is a completely new like character and concept for me, so I would need to get acquainted with, uh, uh, with Red Hood to, uh, to know where, you know, which, which, what Jason Tatum are we talking? Is it, you know, like pre, post, uh, you know, which, which, uh, the Arkham Knight uh, story arc? I mean, because uh, he kind of well, apparently kind of goes Gotham nuts. Knights is not linked to the Arkham games at all. It's its own. Oh, separate... at all? No. I, the... I thought I thought I read that it was that the worlds weren't linked, but I I read that as like the city, but like no, no, no. So the it's... Uh, the Suicide Squad uh, versus the Justice League game that is uh, like a sequel to mm. the Arkham stuff. This mm. one's like its own separate entity. So it's supposed to have its own story, own characters, all that kind of stuff. Ah. Yeah, own continuity. So I don't think it'll be that Jason Todd that you've seen in Arkham okay. Knight. Yeah. Gotcha. But I'm I'm really curious to see how that plays out story wise in a world where Batman's supposedly dead. I don't know if they're gonna do the obvious thing and he wasn't dead the whole time and he was just you know, come <laughs> back at the end of the day and save someone from something. Yeah. Oh, he's the uh, he's the main villain. He's the antagonist. He's, he's the, the Arkham Knight this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the Gotham Knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I hope it's not that obvious. I hope they do something more interesting with the story than just Batman was hiding in the background the whole time. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm regardless of that. I'm really excited for that as a gameplay loop, though. Too just having this Gotham I can run around in with these four very different characters, mm. um, taking on like all my favorite Batman villains just sounds like a blast. Uh, from a studio who's already done some solid Batman stuff, so. Cannot wait for that to come out, and I hope it doesn't get delayed. But if it does, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, my honorable mention, real quick. I don't know if it's going to come out this year because they haven't talked about it forever. But if Bayonetta three ever comes out, oh, I'm yeah. super, super, super excited to play that too. Yeah, I would like to play that one too. I mean, I'm so yeah, that, that'll be a solid pickup. Yeah, good year for Switch. I hope so. Like they haven't talked about Bayonetta forever, so I don't know if it's going to come out this year. But if it does, thumbs up. So jumping out of games for a little bit, uh, Bill, what is the best movie you watched this year? What, regardless if it came out in 2020 or not, right? So, so, so when I first read this question, I misread it as best movie that came out in 2020. So I have a 2020 pick. I specifically Uh, have a line over top that says the next ones can be from any year. You did. And I definitely read those at the beginning of this recording. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the best movie that I watched uh, this year that came out this year, at least I think it did, uh, was uh, The Lighthouse. Um, So if any of you guys have seen... came out 
2019. Yeah, I was thinking late the was last year. Was it 2019? Year, I think. Yeah. Oh well, then good because since the question didn't care uh, when it came out, so this is uh, still this still works. So uh, the lighthouse was on my radar for a while. Um, the uh, uh, the writer director, um, whose name is escaping me right now, uh, did um, uh, uh, several movies that I I really really liked. Um, and uh, uh, so this one was kind of on my radar. It's a really, really good uh, isolation insanity uh, uh, drama or, you know, like like kind of like suspense. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say horror, but like suspense drama. Um, it's just two characters on an island. Uh, it's played by uh, Willem Dafoe and um, uh, the new Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson. Uh, th- this is why this is on my radar. I need to watch it to prep myself for, for Batman. Yep, yep. So, uh, uh, the Batman, exactly. The Batman, exactly. Oh, Willem Dafoe. I mean, both of them. Like, I, I, I'm not one for hyperbole, but like, these are powerhouse performances. They're so, so, so good. Willem Dafoe is always just good and creepy and weird because he's just Willem Dafoe. Um, but this, it's really, really good. So, in a nutshell, it's these two guys, and it's, I, I can't remember exactly, it's like, but it's like 1860s or 18, you know, somewhere in there. And it's basically this lighthouse that just needs to be like tended like at all times. Cause it's like all stormy waters. So that like boats don't like wash up on it or like, you know, wash up ashore. And so the first scene in the movie, uh, the, there are two characters. They're like getting off their boat and like, they're carrying like their trunk of supplies for however long their stay is here. And the two guys who were tending the lighthouse are leaving. And it, it really sets it up with like, uh, you know, for like the isolation that like these two pairs of guys, just walk right by each other. Don't say a word. Just like, we are out, you are in, tag, you're it, done, right? So it really sets you up for like, oh, like this is not going to be a pleasant uh, area that people want to stay. So then it starts off with like, they just, you know, are kind of getting to know each other. Like, oh, like, you know, where do, how did you decide you wanted to be uh, uh, a wiki, which is like the person who like, you know, manages the, you know, the, the, the lighthouse. And he's like, oh, you know, I was a, I was a lumberman in Canada, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. But just very slowly over time, you start to realize that, like, they each think the that they're going crazy and that the other one's going crazy. But what what's actually happening is they're both going crazy and, like, that's, like, feeding off each other. Um, and the cinematography is it's unbelievable. So because it's, like, 1800s, it's filmed in, like, like a square format. So not just like a four by three, like before, like uh, uh, widescreen films, like a legit square, like you're watching like a Charlie Chaplin, uh, you know, <laughs> like a, a, a film. And all the camera work is very, very simple, like as as it would be filmed if it was like, you know, like a really, really old uh, 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 film. But it's really, really good. There's a handful of different twists. There's a lot of really cool things with imagery. But what stands out to me more than anything else, well, you know, the power, the performances are really good. But what they do with sound is unbelievable. There's there's this constant, this constant, you know, like uh, uh, like this constant drum, this constant, you know, like uh, uh, and there comes a, t- a point in the movie where you start to think like you think that that's just been a sound that's been on the island the whole time, but then like you start thinking like, wait, is that like in his head? So it it really accomplishes like a lot of things like psychologically and like with the isolation and. Just, you know, without spoiling too much more, I can't speak highly enough of it. If you're into kind of like weird, uh, you know, again, like it's it's suspense. It's uh, definitely not for kids. 
Um, it would be probably considered a horror movie, even though it's not like jump out and scary type stuff. It's really just more like the psychological uh, horror uh, with the uh, with the isolation. But really, really, really like it a lot. It's available. Uh, it's included with Amazon uh, Prime in the states. Uh, not sure about up north uh, since uh, the things can differ up there. I gotta check that out because you just bumped it like several notches up my uh, need to watch list. I'm really yeah. excited about that. Yeah, really, really good. Awesome. Well, Chris, what uh, what's something cool you've watched this year? I do have an honorable mention, but I'm gonna save it till last because it'll probably be short. But um, <laughs> the best movie I watched in 2020, it is available on Prime up here. Good. Oh, there good. you go. <clears throat> um, watch party. You know what? I'm not. You know, we said we're going to stay positive in for 2020, and I'm I'm going to keep this on a positive side. And I think I learned and grew with some of the things that happened this year. And even though I had read a lot, uh, I'd never watched the film Malcolm X uh, from '92 oh, wow. with Denzel Washington, the Spike Lee movie. And so I'd been doing a lot of reading earlier in the year and um, throughout the summer. And I thought, you know, I really wanted to watch this film. I'd heard really good things about it. I thought, you know, it'd be... It's a character I'd spent a lot of time listening to his speeches and, again, like, reading. And I thought, okay, I really need to learn a bit more about this situation. And the film was... I mean, from everything I had gathered, you know, doing the reading and listening to the speeches, it was really well done. A very accurate picture of kind of his short time in the spotlight and the journey that he took in such a short amount of time to become such a big player on the stage and just to see his transition from what he went through in the prison system and where he kind of started out in kind of this crime situation which that part I had not heard a lot about. I knew he'd been in prison and whatnot but I didn't really understand anything about his time before that. And so they, they do. They spend some time kind of showing you this is the kind of life that he lived and the crime he was involved with. And you kind of learn a lot about who he is in that young stage, which I didn't know anything about. And that really is very impactful as you he makes that transition in prison. And you really get to see how much of a change he made in his life, where he basically just completely switched from... Um, very much a person that was um, living his life for the moment without much of a care for tomorrow for himself and and that was his only concern to a character that really widened his vision and did everything he could for himself and those around him um he started off early in in that um, with some very tough views, views that I think a lot didn't hold even at the time, but very separationist views um, that that blacks and whites should be separate, and that simply because the whites were not to be tra- uh, trusted, which I, I get it and I totally understand. Everything that you read, everything you see, you're, you're right. You know that you are right to believe that. But there at the end to see the transition that happened when he kind of fell away and he realized that his leader, his icon that he had been following wasn't who he he purported to be. You know, he had his own problems and he realized that maybe this isolation wasn't the right idea and that 
maybe there was a, a path forward to kind of bring things together. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately that, that split is what ended his life. Um, but talk about an amazingly impactful figure. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't say enough, uh, about everything that I've read and watching that film. It was a, a wonderful adaptation. And while that's probably very heavy, uh, that's why I wanted to save my honorable mention for last. Well, it is heavy, but it's yeah more important than like it's it's always been important. But it's got some extra weight behind it this year with everything that's been happening. And I know yeah. my eyes were open to quite a bit of things this year as well. Um, so I that's yeah another one I'm gonna have to add to my watch list now too. Well, it yeah I don't remember what streaming service it was on. I did watch it on a streaming service, so uh, maybe you'll find it there. But if not, I'd still. I mean, it's a film from '92. Take, yeah, I'll go to the pawn shop and find it if I have to. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Denzel is always a ridiculously amazing actor. Uh, Spike Lee did a fantastic job um, going through and and doing this one. So yes, highly recommended. Amazing figure. I would highly recommend reading. Uh, everything can listening to his speeches they're all out there on youtube uh, amazing speaker and yeah i would say the same thing you know i've learned a lot i think this year um but also i want to keep it positive and upbeat as well and one thing i needed in 2020 was a break and <laughs> my honorable mention for films i watched in 2020 was weekend at bernie's and <laughs> I just always I it was up on a streaming. I was flipping through movies. Go ahead, Phil's got something. Part one. Yes, no, not the second one. <laughs> and forward. then end it. <laughs> yes, don't ever watch. The, forget the. <laughs> yep, it's a lot like Cars one and two, but yeah, part one. Oh man, classic. I mean, it was just it was flipping through some stuff. It's kind of like I need a break, right? I just need to watch something yeah. to give myself a break. And there it is, Weekend of Bernies. And I sit and I watch the whole freaking thing with a grin mm. ear to ear because yep. obviously it took me back to a different time in my life. Yeah. I was much younger and you could just, the world was simpler and it was fun and it was dumb. And yeah. I could just go, I love this, right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's stupid. Yes, never would happen. It's just fun. And yeah. uh, I really needed that at that point in 2020. Nice one. I like good. that pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, I had a lot of time to try and catch up on things this year that I had always wanted to see. And I'm, I'm a big, I love all the superhero movies that come out for the most part. There was really no superhero movies this year. But there was, I, there's give, one. There's one. <laughs> but I'll, I'm going to give my honorable mention to Shazam because I watched that this year, even though it came out last year. And I really, really like that. It's my favorite DC movie. But my favorite movie I saw this year for the first time ever in my life was the original Alien movie. Wow. Oh, cool. I've wow. never seen any of them. Wow. So I, I made a plan to watch all of them this year. And I watched all of them except for Covenant, which is the newest one, mm -hmm. uh, just because it's not streaming on anything up here. So I might have to buy a copy to finish it off. And I even watched all the Alien versus Predator stuff, too, and a little mm -hmm. bit of Predator. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I like the whole series. I'm I'm a big fan of Alien now. Like, I get it. But the first one in particular, I cannot believe how well that holds up yeah. and how good it looks. The yep. the art style in it, like all that Geiger stuff is just unreal yeah. how good it still looks. 
Uh, um, and even the Nostromo, I, right? Even the ship has yep. that retro yeah. future and it's still yep. so physical and well done. Those practical and, effects, yeah. they hold up. And, and the yeah, crew exactly. felt like an, a crew too, like the, how they talk to each other and stuff. Like the engineer guys, they like razzing each other when they're alone and they're all kind of, yep. you know, teasing each other when they're having the dinners. But then when someone gets hurt, like they pull together, like we got to do something to, to help yeah. so-and-so. Like I, I was really into it. And, and, I, and I remember you mentioning a while ago that that was like a big blind spot for you and that you were going to watch them. And I think I remember you saying in Slack like a while ago that like, you know, that you liked Resurrection more than like a lot, like a lot of people say it's bad. I, I like it. and I like Resurrection, too. And I'm a, I've always been a big Ridley Scott fan, partially because of Blade Runner, but I also really like a lot of his other films. And Aliens always one that I tell people holds up phenomenally well. And like Chris was saying, those practical effects, mm-hmm. that's, that's why a lot of directors like filming at least something in the camera. Even if they're going to do some special effect, like put something in the camera because it's physical, it's real. And uh, I, I say the same thing for the Blade Runner intro sequences or any of those sequences where they're like flying up to a building because it's a miniature. It's like a 20 by 30 foot, you know, like miniature building that actually actually has lights that they're actually filming and they still look amazing but yeah alien one because growing up being a big alien fan everybody i knew was like oh aliens aliens is the best james cameron uh marine and like when i go back and watch aliens i don't like i'm not afraid of the aliens because we just have machine guns right like the part of the part of the the suspense and like the the, the terror of the first movie is like we don't have anything <laughs> that yeah. can that can fight this thing so aliens was fine yeah i, I don't love it i like right. it though but right yeah i love alien like that's what gonna be one of my go-to like sci-fi movies from now on like nice. any movie like i just i loved it i got really intent like tense watching it like i could feel the the tension of yeah. this thing hunting them in the ship it was so neat that's awesome yeah and the android uh with wow, ash I can't remember the actor's name um, oh uh yeah bilbo um yeah uh, ian, ian holm yeah like like i'm so blind to alien like i didn't see any of the twists coming in any of these movies because i've never <laughs> had them spoiled for me uh so it was great oh, that's like, good seeing too. Them, them and stuff like it was just everything for the yeah. first time was that's was really awesome cool. yeah and harry dean stanton is awesome that yeah. movie. everyone's awesome in that movie but yeah just like you said the crew and like how they're like giving each other crap and like they got like it's almost like Star Wars with like every other sci-fi movie before that. Like everything was new and fresh and shiny. Yeah, and, it was and Star so Wars and, and, and Star and Wars is like no, dirty. like the like the grungy, dingy future. That's how stuff would be. So like everything's like wet and like like you know dirty and like nothing works. And like when they say, "Listen, we found like a uh, uh, there's a distress signal. We got to go find it." And the mechanics are like, uh, "Like, are we gonna get more money?" Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You> know, like <laughs> yeah. it was great. So yeah, good. Glad you liked great. it. Uh, yeah, and shout out to Resurrection too. I had my favorite mm-hmm. line in any of them, where um, Ron Perlman they're, they're talking about going back to Earth, and he's like, "Earth, what a bleep hole!" <laughs> <laughs> so good. And like when the chest pressure is about to come out of that one guy's chest, and he grabs the bad guy and just holds his head near him. <laughs> <laughs> head. So good. Yeah, just silly fun. Yep. Yeah um so to, to bounce off that uh tv series bill did you watch a cool tv series in 2020 that really did it for you i watched a couple of cool tv series i'll mention one that i watch about every year and uh, one new one um so uh um it's just like i said before it's not like on any kind of schedule but just like when the mood strikes me i'll i'll throw like the first episode of the first season of the west wing on 
I love that show. I especially love those first three seasons. I love the entire show, but like those first three seasons are super special. And a lot of times if I'm watching, you know, throwing something on that I've seen before, it's like while I'm cleaning up a room or something. So I'll just have it on and kind of in the background. I love the West Wing and uh, I watched it again this year, like fairly recently. And I kind of got on a streak. I was like, all right, I just watched one of my favorite shows like ever. There's nothing particularly calling to me. Let me just, I, got, I still got to clean the room. Let me throw something else on. So I just restarted Deadwood for like the 10th time. Love Deadwood to death, um, especially the, the, I mean, the first season is phenomenal. Second season kind of has a slow start because Swearingen's like out of the mix for a little bit until it kind of like, you know, comes back in. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so those are like my kind of two classic ones that I uh, rewatched. Um, and when I worked uh, at the video store. We had one copy of Deadwood in, and it was <laughs> never in. The second yeah. it got returned, it was rented again. Like there was Such never a chance to get it's it. Great. So good. Yeah. It's, I mean, so did you say you because you don't have HBO Max up there, so it's not an option to stream I've never on seen HBO. Either of those shows. Wow. Oh I'm, man. I'm not big into cowboys, so Deadwood never really uh, appealed to me. And mm-hmm. West Wing, I remember it being on TV a lot, but it was right. U.S. politics. So at the time, yeah. I didn't have a huge interest in it. I, yeah, I could see that being a, a barrier for sure. Um, and and even though it definitely does happen in the West, it's it's one of those weird, you know, semantic arguments. I wouldn't call it like a Cowboys show. It's like a it's like an American frontier show, uh, but like really, really, really good. And it's before uh, Dakota's estate, so it's kind of like you know, like in in that time where like people are like uh, pushing uh, you know out further west, but it's still like a, a territory type deal. Um, so the one that I wanted to mention that is actually a new show that came out very recently, uh, one of my favorite shows, speaking of uh, Canada, Letter Kenny <laughs> Season 9. <laughs> Man, <laughs> because there, so it, it just squeaked in uh, December 28th, uh, Season 9 started airing uh, on Hulu. Uh, these seasons are very short. Um, they're only like, like 8, 10 episodes, and they're like, you know, like 20, 25 minute shows, which like every time it ends, me and my wife look at each other and we're like, really, that's it? Like, we blasted through that in, like, a day or two. Like, it takes them, like, an entire year to make these, like, nine episodes or whatever. But um, uh, Letterkenny, we've always loved. It's kind of, like, weird, quirky, offbeat, very, very Canadian humor um, of different styles. Like, there's, like, the different types of characters. So, like, um, everyone's kind of got their preference. Like, you like the hockey players or you're, like, like kind of like the farmers, um, but uh, uh, which they Every call something else on the show. Every time we see the weird goth kid, like, dancing outside the, the uh, grocery store, I'm like, that's going to be my son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the skids. <laughs> so, um, uh, but, yeah, so uh, so I will say that in, you know, so since, uh, you know, we've seen all Letterkenny, there's been, like, most of it's really solid, but, like, right in the middle there, like, in, like, the kind of, like, you know, five, six, seven range, there's been some, like, mediocre seasons where, like, you're like, uh, you know, I kind of get what they were going for with this wasn't it. This new season, season nine, is, like, a true return to form. Like, it is phenomenal. The jokes are, are awesome. They're, like, nonstop. We get the return of some characters that we haven't seen in a little bit, which is nice. We got some new ones added in, which is great. Uh, but yeah, if uh, if you're if you've never heard of the show, if you like kind of like quirky offbeat type stuff, just like Google, you know, or sorry, YouTube, um, Letterkenny, and just watch like you know like a two or three minute like kind of like best of highlight clip. You'll know immediately if it's for you or not. But basically, you got uh, there's like the three or four major groups of people in this like five thousand. Uh, uh, Sorry, this town with a population of, of 5,000, so a very small Canadian rural town. You have the Hicks, you have the, the Jocks, the hockey players, 
and you have the skids. So it's just like these three groups of people just living in a small town and the things that ensue in small town living. Uh, but yeah, really, 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 really good. Uh, the ninth season, uh, we already plowed through it. Probably, probably watch it again, but yeah, great, great stuff. So that is my, like that's I my TV. Catch up. I think I'm like two seasons behind. Yeah. And, and I, I know several people who are like that and I'm like, Oh, what, you know, can I ask what made you stop? And they're like, ah, like I just wasn't digging it as much as I used to. And I was like, yeah, there's definitely a point where, and I think it's like the, where they have that like public access TV show, uh, crack and ag. Um, we're like, that. yeah, like once you hit there, it's like, just, you just got to push through cause it is, I didn't stop cause I wasn't enjoying it. I just stopped cause there weren't new episodes and then oh. I just didn't get back into it when new episodes came out. Gotcha. So you, so you, yeah, so you might actually still be like right in a, uh, in a solid portion of it. But if you happen to hit that portion where things don't feel right, don't worry. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> it gets better. All right. Uh, how about you, Chris? What have you been watching this year? Well, um, yeah, I, I, like I've said before, I don't watch tons of TV, so, you know, I really, but there's a few se- series I have taken in, so probably the best of those this year has definitely been Raised by Wolves, the new HBO Max oh, series. series. Yeah. So, um, it's sci-fi horror, and it's not like anything I've ever really could compare it to. So, I mean, that's... That's, that cool. doesn't happen very often, where you see a like a brand new take on something, mm. where you're just like, I don't even know how to categorize this exactly. Um, but I guess I can give the very short premise of, of what it is. And that is, basically, the humans have done a wonderful job of destroying the Earth. And there are two factions that are involved. Basically, there's these uh, religious zealots, and there are the um, atheists. And so they've been... There's been this war where basically these religious zealots are, um, they're mostly in power, but, um, and the atheists have been fighting um, against them. But basically they've done such a terrible... Is this like near future or distant future? Um, I would say, you know, I wouldn't say distant. I'd probably say, I don't even know if they give it, but think of like maybe a couple hundred years from now. So, you know, they're androids and things, you know, that are intelligent, but we're not talking about ridiculous far future. Um, but essentially, basically they have to leave the earth because look, they've just roasted the place. It's not habitable Mm -hmm. anymore. And there's a planet that they found that is, you know, it's light years away, but they, you know, they can put people in slumber and they can get there. And the atheists, um, uh, because again, because the, the religious people are the ones that are kind of doing the best, they're going to send these big arcs, you know, out and the atheists have basically been about beat down. There's not their their numbers are not great, and so um, one of them sends off uh, a very small ship um, with two androids in it, and basically the biological things needed to make kids because the androids can can stay. Make the trip. They can make the trip. They don't have to be asleep, and the, so they can go very fast. There's no humans on board that they have to worry about because they've got what they need to breed humans. Um, so they go, and so they get there first, right? So, And that's the idea. We can settle this place before anybody else gets there, so that way the atheists can live on, and, and they've programmed these androids to raise these children as strict atheists, right? As there's, there's no God, and, um, you know, this is what has, you know, religion and belief in God is what's destroyed the world and destroyed our home. And, but, of course, they're androids, 
uh, but they're raising these children. And as you can imagine, things are not easy and they go wrong. Um, and they go wrong in really weird ways. Uh, <laughs> and the religious people do show up. And I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil anything. I would just highly mm, encourage no, that, that you they, watch. I'm already very curious with that description that sounds really unique yeah and and i'll be honest this was not on my radar Mm. and i just did like a quick you know just like little google just on the side as you're talking and we were just talking about ridley scott with alien so the first two episodes directed by ridley scott and he's executive producer on the show i'm in yeah (laughs) that's good i hope you guys watch it so we can talk about it a little bit because i don't want to spoil anything i mean that's first episode stuff basically so Mm. i I don't want to get any farther than that because it takes some weird and wild turns just in the first season and of course they leave it at a kind of a cliffhanger point for season two at some point in time so um Yeah. yeah just one of those shows where i just sit back and like you know how you see those every once? Just they don't come along very often. Like remember, it's kind of like yep. the same feeling I had when I watched like season one of Heroes, where you just kind of yep. sit back and went, "I've you, never you seen knew, anything you, like you this." You knew it was special. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. You're like I, this is unique. I've not seen anything like this. Mm. And well, thanks, thanks for that because that's definitely on yeah. my list now. Yeah, me too. The other one I'll just throw out quickly is that I finally caught up on Westworld. <laughs> so, and I know people had kind of okay. said the the latter you know seasons of Westworld were not great. I don't think it was because the first season, but I think I enjoyed all of it. So I'm ready for more Westworld, but uh, cool. Cool. great stuff on HBO max this year. Nice. So I actually forgot my two honorable mentions. I'll just mention them super quick. Um, I started black mirror on the Ooh, recommendation of several, yeah, several yeah. Uh, different people have mentioned they're that's not really all, good. all great, but they're mostly great. Exactly. As an anthology episode series, like we're like, they're all self-contained the, stories. The You're going to have episode is the yeah, worst, they, I think. they plow right in there with that one. And I'm like, this is what they put, like, put your best foot forward. Come on. No, like, that, I think that's my least favorite episode. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I like, you know, we, you know, we had a laugh, you know, so you're watching it and then you see the demand. And then me and Sarah kind of look at each other. Like, did he just say, Oh, you thought, he said so you just got to kind of get through that episode but then yeah there's already been a couple of good ones i really 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 like the one i don't know what it's called where the husband and wife like uh, don't trust each other and they can go back to the recording of like no let's go back to what you said and then like they want to like see each other's memories and stuff i really like that one a lot um but yeah so it started black mirror uh very very uh happy with it so far and um i also just wanted to mention uh, my wife really, really liked this. Uh, the new show with uh, Kaylee Coco, or however you say her name, she flight was attendant. on the. Um, uh, yeah, flight attendant. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she was from uh, the Big Bang Theory. Dang. No, no, yeah. So uh, so Sarah's like, do you want to watch Flight Attendant? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's give it a, give it a try. First episode, awesome. So the premise is this: this woman's a flight attendant. She you know kind of you know goes all around the world doing whatever. She has her best friend stewardess on the plane. They're in you know. Uh, 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 you know, an East Asian uh, city overnight. She ends up spending the night with some guy, goes out, have, has a great time, wakes up next to him in like his, you know, hotel room, and he's murdered in the bed next to her. So she like freaks out, flips out, and like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And like, doesn't realize that she's covering up, you know, her tracks at a murder scene, and then just like, gets back on the plane and continues being a flight attendant. <laughs> so, and then it's like the consequences of that. And she's like, feels guilty and tries to like figure out like who killed him and this. And then the FBI's after her. It was really, really good for like a couple episodes. 
And for me, it kind of got off the rails, but Sarah's still really enjoying it. So if that sounds like something that's uh, maybe up your alley, thought it was worth a mention. Yeah. Yeah. The flight attendant. Cool. Um, So I already mentioned, I watched the Batman animated series. That's an honorable mention for me. Really liked it. Um, I watched the Watchmen earlier this year. Yeah. You love that. I really liked it. Like I'm a big fan of the book, like most comic dorks, like it's, it's a big one. And it's crazy that a TV show was a good, solid follow-up to a mm. comic book. And it was everything I wanted. Like, mm. yeah, it was really good. But my favorite that I watched the whole year, I started in 2019 in November. And I watched the first two seasons. And then I re- watched the rest of Star Trek The Next Generation early mm. 2020. And, man, like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't ever watch. Like, my grandpa was super into Star Trek as a kid. I saw a little bit of the shows a couple of the movies here and there it never grabbed me i always thought of it as really boring but actually sitting down and getting into the lore and learning about the federation and just having this whole concept of the show where they're just it's not typically about a conflict it's typically just like exploring and let's see what happens here and and just seeing where this goes it was so neat and different and i can't believe i missed out on this for all these years like alien like a big sci-fi blind spot for me so (laughs) I, I every season that I watched, I just kept enjoying it more and more, and I couldn't believe at the time it came out some of the issues they were tackling in the yeah. episodes, like pretty bluntly in some cases. In other cases, you know, they dance around them a bit, but like it was just wild. And every time there was an episode where I thought I knew where it was going because I've been conditioned to, you know, here's the conflict, here's how they're supposed to solve it, and. Like uh, the, I can't remember his actual name. They call him Broccoli. They make fun of him, the the crew member, and he shows up a whole bunch of times. And it's like, oh, he's the problem. They're gonna transfer him off the ship, or you know, they're gonna tease him. And Picard gives this big speech about like, no, like he's our crew member. Like we are going to help him succeed, and they do for like seasons. Like he shows up <laughs> two seasons later. <laughs> does some kind of screw up has you know anxiety or something and they're like we're gonna work through this with you even though everyone like almost died because of this screw up like we're gonna fix this and man i couldn't believe how much i kept enjoying the show and i haven't dug into any of the next generation movies yet but i'm I'm, i've got a few of them um so i'm hoping to dig into those i'm not expecting them to be as good as the show from what i've heard but i still want to dip my foot in there and and get some more star trek under my belt i remember seeing yeah. I started I, Deep Space Nine. It was hard to get into. I don't know if I want to go back. Give it some I heard time. it gets better. Give it some yeah, time. But like just the first two episodes like were like painful to go through. I, I remember when you were mentioning that like, oh like I'm going through like next generation and it took me a little while, but like I, I ended up getting on those. Like, you know what? I watched like random TNG episodes when I was a kid and I love the music and I love, you know, some of the episodes. So I was like, okay, let's do this. So we got the first season. Um, I think it was like, it was like DVD at like a Goodwill or something. It was like, oh, okay, let's just do it. So we, we started it and there's some really good episodes. I mean, the first season being the oldest, like there's, you know, some stuff that's a little bit dated and some stuff that like, you know, doesn't you know hold up very well. Um, but some, like, there's some gold in there with uh, the Q character. Oh, yeah. Um, who's... Uh, actually, uh, Q episodes are my least favorites, actually. Really? But like it, but, but what, what, what it, it was always like, because, like, like you said, you're conditioned to be, okay, like, there's, like, a good guy and a bad guy. And Q would come in, and, like, he wasn't just there to, like, be the bad guy. Like, there was, like, a test. There was some intern, like, you had to, like, look inside and, like, see, you know, like, where he was going with this. 
And uh, uh, he he like it was weird to have like one of these people who like just like despised uh, like the human like point of view. And uh, uh, but then like there would be these like weird episodes where like everyone's in loincloths and like it was almost like Demolition Man where like everyone's just like happy all the time. But like, oh, they stepped on the forbidden piece of plastic. We must murder them now. Like there was some really there was some weird stuff in there. But like we got like, you know, fairly far into the first season and like something happened and we're like, OK, I mean, like uh, we'll, we'll get back to that at some point. So we didn't like dislike it, but like you said, just kind of like like moved on to other things. But the, the we, first we enjoyed season a bunch. Felt like an extension of the original series, like mm. it still holds on to a lot of that. Where it felt like the second season, it, it was a little bit different on mm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we we rewatched with I rewatched with my kids original Trek this year. So mm. we went through the whole series this year with the kids and. Wow. I was surprised they would ask, like, "Can we watch another Star Trek?" And I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, yeah, we can watch another Star yeah. Trek." Good kids, I know. Yeah. And uh, you know, original Trek I think is fantastic. It's my probably my fave, but yeah, TNG I, I plan great. to I plan to get into some of the original stuff too. My my grandfather's got the original series on DVD, and they've been getting rid of all their earthly collectibles as they get older. And so I've got a post-it note with my name on it there when he's ready to, mm. to release it. It's coming to my place so I can nice. dig into that and have another memory of him when he's, he's gone. So he's the guy who got me into like, you know, Star Wars and Back to the Future and, and like wow. all the sci-fi stuff from when I was a kid. So I'm excited to dig into that. We'd always cool. have fun. I'm excited. Yeah. We'd always have fun saying, okay, who's, who's Kirk going to beat up this time? And who's the girl, <laughs> who's the sexy girl that he's going to make eyes at? Cause every yeah. episode, that's it. It's like Kirk max on a, a girl and he beats the crap out yeah. of somebody. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to hear your uh, opinions on some of the movies as you go through. I definitely have my favorite that uh, we'll, we'll talk about once you get to it. Cool. All right. Let's move on to some fine literature. What have you gentlemen been reading in 2020 that was your favorite? Bill? So you guys know me. I'm a really bad judge of time. So like I'll say like, oh, yeah, it was this. And then you'll say like, no, you didn't actually read that like last year. But as I was looking through like my stack of books and things that I've enjoyed recently, the the thing that, that popped out at the top of my list, I don't know if you'd call it fine literature, but Batman White Knight. I would call that fine literature. <laughs> I would also call that fine literature. Classic I don't know if I, to be taught in all high schools. Yeah, I don't know if I said this on the show or not, but my mom, uh, one of the presents she got me for uh, Christmas was uh, a Batman book. A it cartoon was, book. <laughs> yeah, it was Night Night Quest, the second in the uh, the Nightfall uh, uh, arc. And um, so she was asked my wife, she was like, hey, what, what would Bill want? And she's like, oh, he really wants uh, some Batman books. And this is like the next one like on his list. And uh, so my mom just not thinking, just like, you know, hit the link and ordered it and it showed up at her house and she gets, you know, a graphic novel in her hands and she calls my wife and she's like, does Bill know that this is a cartoon book? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he knows it's a cartoon book. Those are the best books. So uh, White Knight was recommended to me by uh, none other than uh, Kelsey uh, on the show here. And uh, I I don't know if it was recommended directly to me. I think he just tweeted maybe that like this is so good and i was like oh like I i'm think looking it did. for and then you asked me a question and i think i started i'm like yeah you should read this after yeah and i was like oh like i'm looking for some new batman books and you were like oh like absolutely this one like do this one and like i ordered it like i'm um, just that day and it showed up and i read it and it took me a little while just you know with life and everything because i like to like really you know spend like a good amount i can't do like two minutes at a time i gotta you know like have time to absorb 
But once I got through it, like, man, it's, it's, uh, and what I really like about, like, any Batman story, besides it just, like, being engaging and being interesting, but, like, it's always cool to have something that hasn't been done before. Because so many Batman stories are like, okay, Batman is questioning whether or not he really needs anyone else in this world, like Alfred or Robin. Oh, and Killer Croc is on the loose. You know, like, there's, there's already enough of those. So when you have something that's never, like, I've never seen anything like this. So, like, early on, um, and I don't think this is spoilery because it kind of happens, like, you know, pretty early on. So, basically, Batman is chasing Joker like you do. And um, he's, there's kind of precursors to what's going on with it. Like, you know, he's, like, destroying property and he's becoming, like, more haphazard. And, like, you know, Gordon and, like, like, like uh, uh, Oracle, like, everyone he's working with is kind of like, yo, dude, like, I understand, like, you're Batman, you're chasing Joker, but, like, get, like, let's take, you're here right now, I need you about here. <laughs> so, um, and you can tell, like, Bruce is, like, out of control. And, you know, long story short, you end up, and, like, you know, and, and the way they do, like, the, the, the flips where, you know, like, it's, it's, so Bruce is, is incarcerated or, or being held, uh, you know, I, I believe at Arkham, right? Because uh, uh, because when Jack visits, uh, it's like he already knows his way around, and there's all these lines that like imply like, that, oh that yeah, like, assumption, yeah, yep. He's like, oh, like I, I know my way around this place. So um, Joker pretty so it's a complete role reversal where like Batman has been locked up for like you know going out of his way insane to like get Joker, and Joker has like fooled everyone into thinking that he's this white knight. So Joker is like you know including the, himself. Yeah. Exactly. So it's such a cool story, um, so great, and uh, such a, such a fresh take. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of really really interesting like stories within stories. Um, it's 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 been you know a number of months since I've read it, but it's uh, just like thinking about it again, like in preparation for this call, like I'm gonna read it again yeah. because Typically I haven't. When, when uh, I like a Batman book too, it's like that was a cool Quinn story. That was a cool yeah. Robin story. I'm, it's very rare where it's like that was a cool Batman story and a Joker story and a Harley Quinn story and they did a right. cool thing with Clayface and Mad Hatter is really neat and right, Mr. Yep. Freeze is cool like there's no bad character in it like right. everyone's really interesting and neat and, and and makes sense in the way they use them and like I'm like not talking bad at all about the long Halloween because it's classic and like it's sure. like required reading but like there are portions in it where like you're reading through it and it's like uh, you know, then a villain will show up and it's like, oh, I guess this is like, you know, the issue where we talk about this guy and then like that guy goes away and then there's another issue and then that guy goes away. <laughs> so um, and then at the end, it's like, OK, like it was all, you know, th- this guy was pulling the strings type deal. But like reading through this, like it, it, it just felt very organic how the villains weren't like f- like ham fisted in there in a way. It's like, OK, we just got to stick a villain in this uh, in this, you know, piece of the story or whatever. Everything made sense. Like everything was good. And there's Elite, a decent like, amount of them in there too. Yeah, and they use them all efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. Like flipping through, like there's a lot of different, th- and and like none of it feels like uh, filler. So um, uh, yeah, it's, and honestly, like it was so good that because like when you when you are in the market for a new book, you start googling. Okay, like what are the best Batman graphic novels? And you, you always have like ten you time, get the yeah. same ten or fifteen. And I have all those, so I'm like, all right, like what's new? Like what's what's good? So I'm thrilled that I found this. I can't wait to uh, read it again. And if you're you know have the, any the follow up, also really good too. Chris really, Lennon, yeah, yeah, have not. And and that's the one where I said it's got a really good Azrael story, which you were asking me about one time. That's right. You mentioned that, and I didn't write down which one it was. I'll write that down now. 
So, but yeah, if you even have a passing interest in maybe getting into Batman, this is actually not a bad one to to start with either, because there's no like pre-story that you really need to know for this. Yeah, it's part it of just kind of jumps in black label, so it's like not part of continuity. It's like its own separate contained story, so you don't need to know all the you know eighty years of Batman history. Yeah, you just have but, to know he fights crime. Yep. So yeah, Batman White Knight, very 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 good. So yeah, how about you, Chris? Well, I'm going to go in a little different direction. Um, <laughs> Figured you would. Yeah. You've been reading a lot of interesting I've stuff. I've been this year. reading a lot of interesting stuff. But the one I want to bring up that I think is probably a really good book that I read last year, I think would be interest people also from the show, is I read a book called Tube The Invention of Television by David E. Fisher and Marshall John Fisher. And when I picked this up, I got it like a Goodwill. And it was like one of those, like, here, books are two bucks or whatever. Because yep. I'm like, oh, man, I could mention a TV. That's like a bit. I'm like, oh, it's a couple dollars. Who cares, right? Mm-hmm. It can suck, and I know, I know whatever. <laughs> and um, and then I started reading it, and, man, it is wonderfully done. It mm. It's not so much, even though it does talk about the technical side, it's really about the people that were mm. involved in the invention of television and all the the things that happen that you don't really hear about anymore or know. So, you know, it starts all the way back at the very beginning about how people figured out transmission of like radio waves kind of by completely by accident. Right. Mm. And then how do we, how do we continue to do that? Or it was like capturing light. Basically we of this Mm. material. We know it's like it reacts when light hits it electrically. And then, um, an inventor comes up in the late 1800s and creates this thing that basically allows mechanical television to exist to a degree. His last name is Nipkow, so they he creates this thing called the Nipkow disc. And you can Google it now, and they, people make videos that you can people still make them. Uh, Nipkow mm. disc TVs, but it's mechanical television. Um, mm. It's a big disc, and it has cut out circles. And so what happens is um, individual images are shown but this disc is spinning very quickly the entire time and so by this disc spinning you get to see different parts Mm. of this picture which makes it you can Mm. see the moving that because the display Mm. technologies i mean they couldn't do it right like where so so that's similar and that's similar to how some animation uh has been done in the past where they have like that kind of spinning drum uh type uh, mechanism yeah so um so they start off with this very crude and what happens with a Nipkow disc is each hole in the disc as it spins creates a line of the image as it mm. comes through. So very early, it's very rough. It's very difficult to even kind of figure out what's what, what you're seeing. What years are we talking about here? Uh, we're talking about like probably like early 1900s. I'd have to go back and look at the the, oh. the exact like okay. the, the Nipkow disc was invented like in the late 1800s, but for early 1900s when they started figuring out things like okay, well we can find a way to this this um element reacts when it's exposed to light electric like electrically okay so we know how to like capture light and so then can we turn that the other way can we take mm-hmm. it from here to there electronic and then remake the light well yes but um not like how we think of tv and how that eventually came well, again it's it's, mecha- it's purely mechanical mm-hmm. and so they some people play around with it but the same name, John Baird, in in England, really latches on. He's like, I'm going to make television. And he's kind of mm. like one of those nutty inventor guys that just keeps trying all these things and never really comes through. But he just gets hooked on this. He's like, I'm going to make this work. 
doesn't believe yeah. it. He's not an engineer. He's not, and he's just mm. ridiculously like I'm just going to do this thing. Right. And so at the same point in time, there are other people that are also in the other parts of the world that are starting to try to do the same thing. So this guy named Swarkin who works for RCA and Sarnoff is the guy that runs RCA and he's doing things. And there's a guy named Farnsworth and he, you know, they're, they come up with like eventually like the CRT. And so they're, do you, do you think that was the inspiration for the professor from Futurama? Uh, maybe. Farnsworth? It's Philo Farnsworth is his name. But, you know, <laughs> Professor Farnsworth, maybe. But, um, I mean, that's it. They're all starting with this NIPCAL disc, this mechanical television. And then they keep getting it better and better. And to the point where, like, okay, no, this is going to be the thing. This is going to be television. And, um, you know, they're they're coming up with a tube, but the tube is they're having a lot of trouble with it, and it's not easy. They can't really make it the way they need to make it, so they keep going like, we have these competing standards. What's what's going to happen? Everybody's like mechanical TV. This is going to be the thing to the point where they actually market mechanical TVs with these NIPCAL discs in homes, and they actually do broadcasts. Um, and but at, like again later on, they say okay, they shut that down. We're going to do tube but i mean i could go all the way through it i would highly recommend you read the book you even learn things like like color television was they wanted to hold off on on black and white tv they were like look we can we can do color we can show you color we're, we're this close we're going to have color just hold on a little bit they're like no you know of course like the corporate side thing no we just want to do black and white and they could have easily done color tv in the in the 30s Mm. Um, but again, it's more of like that corporate side. That was RCA totally. And, and the backstabbing and everything that happens mm. is, the, I mean, it's, it's an amazing story. So, so what's the, so who wrote it again? So it's the, uh... the name of the book is tube, the invention of television by David E. Fisher and Marshall John Fisher. If either of you want to read it and you want me to ship you the book, if you don't want to <laughs> buy it, I'm happy to loan it to you. I'm not going to be reading it anytime soon. Or pick it up if you can still buy it. Um, yeah, it sounds really interesting. It um, is. I just, I just, and it's, and it doesn't look like it's readily available because it looks like uh, uh, Amazon. There is one in stock from not, uh, you know, like Amazon. It's all like third-party sellers, yeah. so like it's about a twenty. Uh, actually, the paperback's available for fifteen bucks. Uh, hardcover for about twenty-five. So uh, yeah, uh, paperback is available, and uh, but yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm throwing it on my wish list here. Yeah, like I said, if you guys want to borrow the book, if you want to pay book rate, it's dirt cheap. I don't know about the Canada, but um, Bill, if you want to read it, I Ugh, shipping so slow. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that package you sent in November. I know, but I mean, yeah, media, really media, media mail. Uh, it's 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 funny. Our good friend Pam, uh, uh, she um, was she said something on Twitter about. Uh, she was going to buy the Hades uh, vinyl soundtrack and she, and then, you know, she got to the checkout and the shipping for Canada was like as much as the record. And she was like, Nope. And so I, I, I fired up the site myself and we have media mail here. So I said to her, I was like, do you want me to, to order it for you? And like, you know, we'll figure out a way to get it to you. Like if you're not in a rush, she, yeah, like, please do it. So I ordered it. And then I sent her like a, a, a like I ordered, you know, one for me and one for her. And I showed her like a copy of like the, the invoice, and she was like, it costs you $3 <laughs> to ship both of those. That's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we got media mail. 
<laughs> it might take a couple of weeks, but we'll get it for th- like a book. Yeah, eighty cents. Yeah, I can send a book like for nothing. So that's what I'm saying. If you or check your library, it may be in your library. But if you want yeah. to send it to you, let me know. Um, but I would say if you guys do nothing else, go to YouTube and look up mechanical television just to see how it works. I, I was planning to look up the Nip- Nipkow disc. Nipkow, N I P K O W. Nipkow. Yes, yeah. I wanted to check it up. Check out a YouTube video of that after. Yeah, fantastic story though. And again, it's it's not boring. Like, oh, here's mechanically or an engineering. No, it's yeah. all about the people. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I read a couple uh, history of different eras in video games this year and yeah some of them were the dry facts and the ones that were about the people were far more interesting yeah. to read and easier to remember mm-hmm. yeah uh but i'm gonna go more in the bill side now and, <laughs> and uh, i read so much batman this year yes more than you did my entire life combined probably and i think my favorite book uh it was in part of the dc rebirth which is like the new dc stuff that's that's still running currently so they rebooted you know dc you know for the 12th time or whatever it is and uh the guy i think it's tom king who's writing this um fantastic the whole batman side of things is it's gonna sound really dumb but it's basically like nine volumes of uh him and catwoman like growing a relationship which sounds so uninteresting i get it but there's so many good moments and my, my particular favorite uh, was in a collection um, called the rules of engagement. And there's an issue where Batman, Superman, Lois and Catwoman double date to the fair. You told me about this one. Yeah. (laughs) They, they switch the, the fair is having a, a superhero theme day where you have to wear a costume to get in. And so they're like, I guess we can't do it. And Catwoman's like, you've got a costume in your car. Don't drink it. <laughs> so they go back to the vehicle and Bruce wears Clark's Superman costume and Clark wears Batman's Superman costume with the glasses over top of it, which makes it extra good. And there's just, it's so funny the whole time. Like as soon as he passes in the costume, Clark's like, uh, the S stands for hope. And Batman hands him the Batman costume. He's like, the bat's a bat. (laughs) (laughs) And there's like this two-page panel. And this is, again, going to sound really boring, but I just loved it where it's got a different character's face between Lois, uh, Clark, Selina, and Bruce. And it's got like Selina stuffing her face with like a corn dog. And Clark's having like a big, big ice cream cone in his face. And, you know, they're all eating except for every time they show Bruce. He's just staring at his ice cream and he never eats it or moves. He just looks at it the whole time. <laughs> and then they're in a batting cage and they're, you know, trying to show off who can hit the bat, you know, better. And uh, they, they start thinking like, he's like, do you think I could hit one of your pitches? Batman's thinking. And Superman's like, you couldn't do that. And so that keeps coming up again throughout this issue where they're like uh, toying with the idea of, you know, what should I bet him if he can, uh, you know, hit one of his pitches? And he's like, and then they're on the Ferris wheel, and you see the the girls are like trying to enjoy their date, and the men are both obsessing over this stupid baseball thing that hasn't even happened. Where Bruce is like, you know, if he throws it too fast, the ball disintegrates, and and, and that won't count. So he can only throw it up to a certain speed. So he's like trying to do the math about what speed the ball's gonna go. 
And Bruce is like, he's joking, right? He's never, or Kirk's like, he's never going to hit my pitch, right? Like, this is silly. Why are we even talking about this? And he's, you know, in the back of his mind worried. He's like, can he do it? <laughs> and, and it's just, it's really funny seeing them as friends, but like still trying to compete the whole time. And there's so many like silly, fun moments. And I don't think I've ever read a story where Selena and Lois have got to spend time together. And they're really clever and interesting and fun together. Um. Yeah, I just want to point out that one specific issue, but everything about this whole run, I, I really, really enjoyed. They they dig into some deep cut characters and give them really fun arcs. Um, they do cool twists on old Batman stories, like the the Batman, you know, Broken Back and Nightfall from Bane. Like they they do a really neat twist on that. There there's these new characters introduced, Gotham and Gotham Girl, who are basically like Superman. But if they, but imagine Superman, every time he used a power, it kind of killed him a little bit. So he could only use them in super emergencies or like he would die if he used them too often. So they've got to like figure out when they want to use them or not. And just kind of interesting contrast. Um, lots of, lots of humor, which, you know, I'm not always used to in my Batman books, but it really, really works. So check out the Batman um, DC Rebirth stuff. It's great. And that's what's still running to this day. So it's easy to jump into. Is it all labeled DC Rebirth? Yeah, it's got this like uh, black and blue spine to it, and it says DC Rebirth. Okay. And, and there's uh, trade paperbacks, and I think an omnibus too, if you just wanted to get them all at once. Mm. Oh yeah, no, there. It's like it's almost like a like a header, like on the top yeah. of the uh, yeah. So it's yeah. yep. I see what you mean. Easy to identify, and like yeah, I'll talk to you off air about it later though. But I yeah. highly recommend it. Really, really cool. fun. Um. So what other hobbies that are not gaming have helped you get through the last year, Bill? I mean, this is going to be a big shock to anyone who's, uh, you know, listened to the show, but uh, uh, Lego, uh, you know, so we've, uh, we've really, uh, we've really embraced Lego in the house uh, just before uh, going to bed, the kids. Uh, uh, so I, I finally realized, cause like when I first got into the hobby, like you would get a Lego set and you put it together. That's what you do. But, like, you know, there'd be other guys, like, in the Discord, uh, there's, uh, and, like, just on the Reddit and stuff like that, and people are like, okay, like, you know, like, what should I build next? And they would show pictures of, like, 30 or 40 sets. And I'm like, why do you have all these sets? Like, you're not building them. But now I realize when you have enough sets, you don't have the room to build them all. So what you do is you, like, build one, enjoy that for a little while, then you disassemble it and store it. And, then, you know, like, whether it's in, like, bags or whatever, and then, like, you choose something else to build. So uh, we're finally starting to get to that point where we have, like, a few sets kind of lined up, uh, you know, for uh, for our uh, you know, next build. But it's awesome. Like, uh, uh, and the ki- it's it's interesting seeing the kids uh, kind of, like, take, uh, like, different roles uh, or different, you know, kind of, like, approaches. So uh, Callahan, the oldest, he'll just, he'll just be like, Daddy, I want to do this entire bag myself. Like, don't help. So I'll open up the instructions and then like, I'll try to find a piece. He's like, no, put that back. I want to find it myself. So it's like, he's like completely independent. And then my uh, middle guy, he just wants to like hold the instructions and like be the helper. And then we're like, okay, next page. He's like, Bloop. and then, you know, once in a while he'll want to build, but it's been really cool. Uh, so they'll, they'll ask to, to, to do it. Um, you know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, can we put together a Mario set? Can we make a Mario level? Uh, and it's funny cause they know, 
how to push my buttons and they know that I'm really into Star Wars. So like if they're like mad at me or something, I'm like guys, like you want to build the Cantina set? And they're like, no, we're not into Star Wars. <laughs> like, Don't you say that? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been really cool, especially um, you know since we haven't been able to you know have play dates with uh, uh, you know with the, some of his friends. Um, uh, that's really been the biggest thing that we've picked up this past year is the Lego, but, uh, we're on a, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to get a little bit warmer outside here now. So we're, we're, we are not quite back there yet, but we're getting really close to the days where we can be outside at least, you know, for like walks or, you know, like getting the kids out. So, um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to try to do that best we can. It's been really difficult for, you know, obviously a lot of different reasons, but yeah, the, the, the Lego has really really been a, a cool thing uh within the household so i'm, I'm glad that the kids nice. kind of seem into it so that's been it a big was, one for us when you said your kids like seeing what different roles they're in that kind of made me think too because my son um we've been doing legos together for a long time he's 12 now and so my role when we do lego with him is always like we have the instruction booklet so we can both see i find the pieces on the page and i just like push them to him and he's the assembler and yep. I, I assumed that's what my daughter would want to do. I got her a frozen castle for Christmas. So that was her first Lego set that we've actually like built together. Right. And so she didn't want to do it that way. She's <laughs> like, she's like wanted to assemble the mini figs first. And there was like a big snow monster that came with the two. So we had to do all the characters. Mm -hmm. And then after the characters were done, she just wanted to like play with them right next to me and watch me. And if I stopped, I'm like, hey, do you, do you want to take a break? And we can come back later. And she's like, yeah. no, keep building. <laughs> yeah. She just wanted to know it was being done near her. And then yep. like every once in a while, there'd be like a, a really cool piece with a sticker on it or something. I'd be like, do you want to put yeah. this one on? She's like, yeah. So yep. she just put like one on every page kind of thing. That's great. Yeah. And, and well, because Callahan, my oldest, he has attention issues. Uh, so uh, he'll he'll come in saying like, I want to do this whole bag by myself. And he'll do like a few pages and then he'll kind of get distracted or go do something else. And I'm like, buddy, you're going to help me with this. Like, you want to still want to build it? And I'll be like, uh, you could do it. And then like, I'll start building and then he'll see me building and then he'll want to get back into it. But like, we have done that before where, uh, where I'll be like, okay, how about I find the pieces and you put them together? And he's like, deal. And that actually usually goes the longest because I think it's like when he looks for a piece, if like, you know, in a great big pile, if he can't find it, with the attention issues, he just, you know, switches off and then like goes somewhere else. But if I just hand him, Hey, here's these five pieces. Here's the step done. And then here's the next pieces. Here's a step done. So it's interesting just seeing the different, you know, kind of traits they have and the different ways they want to do things. But, uh, uh, and, and I've, I've realized that my older son is much more into, you know, the kind of the way I am, like you build it, it's built, put it on a shelf, look at it, play with it a little bit just to show your little brother, oh, look how cool this is, and then it's done. And Cameron just wants to destroy everything. So we must put the things that we want protected on higher shelves if My he's going to be around. My daughter's castle has survived since December 19th, all in one piece, nice. and she plays with it. Like, that's nice. The coolest thing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, for sure. Very careful with it. Uh, so, Chris, how many Mega Blocks have you put together this year? <laughs> Maybe let's say zero. Uh, my kids, obviously, they do play with Legos sometimes, but um, that's kind of something they, they do on their own. And Maddie tends to, she makes her things and that's it. And she doesn't really care about it after she builds it. And Eden, you know, just does whatever Eden wants to do because she's a kid. <laughs> yep. um, the hobby that's gotten me through 2020 is uh, really simple. It's walking. Um, 
Oh, I, I've seen some of your pictures. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I won't go into things. I've people listen long enough; they probably already know. But I'm uh, immune compromised, so I have to have been very careful with everything that's been going on in 2020, and that means going not going anywhere around people, and um, you get tired of looking at the same walls when you're working from home, mm-hmm. and you don't leave the house. Um, so to me, I, I live kind of in a small town anyway. Kelsey's been here. He knows it's a pretty small town. Um, and, you know, I, it, I could start walking and in a couple of minutes. I'm in cornfields. And so that's <laughs> that's what I've been doing is to get away. I just go out. I'll walk for, you know, hour and a half, two hours, um, wow. just out in the middle of nowhere, uh, enjoy the outside. And I'll listen to a podcast, uh, you know, just because now you know I, I used to listen to podcasts in the car on the drive and working from home that doesn't happen anymore <laughs> so yeah just some quiet time to get away to not look at the same walls to think about something different and yeah I, to enjoy i mean it's indiana's not the most scenic place on the planet it's pretty flat um and it's farmland out there but there are some places that, that that's it's, got its own charm though yeah i used to live in the prairies up here and yeah it's it's a different kind of pretty yeah you have you find some spots and places where you're like well this is just beautiful or the sun is just in the mm. right place um and so yeah that's it i've, I've kind of walked this little route there's not much traffic that's out there so there's really not much to worry about and um yeah, I'm still doing. I plan to take a walk tomorrow. It's gonna be. It's kind of cold. I have to bundle up this time of year, but. Uh, awesome. Yeah. No. That's really cool, man. It's gotten me through, oh. and. Uh, I've I've started my course of vaccination, so maybe I'll be getting back to the world of living, somewhat soon. Ooh. But uh, I nice. intend I intend to keep doing the walking. Sure. Yeah, that's just nice. Good for your health too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't told you this yet, but I'll be going to Indiana for the first time this year. If all you know, if all the craziness in the world. Uh, continues to hopefully go towards the settle down side of the uh scale really um my my uh uh, uh, uh wife's uh cousin is getting married at uh, notre dame oh um, okay. so we are we are planning on attending that if possible so i'm not sure the exact time frame it's probably like you know like in the like midsummer something like that but i will definitely be hitting you up yeah. for uh some of the some of the cool spots if we end up anywhere uh, uh near you yeah, Notre Dame's kind of out there a little bit, but I mean, if you want to mm. meet up, I can make the drive. And uh, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame is the big draw in that area. I mean, right. it's a pretty established school and everything. I don't know yeah. if there's a whole lot else exciting right around, but uh, yeah, definitely. Well, I was looking, at, I was looking at a map because, as, you know, because you know, stupid Americans, they don't know their geography. I had no idea it was so close to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. But I'm like, oh man, it's like right there. So I mean, like you know, we obviously can't plan anything with the way things are going. But like, this will be my my first trip to Indiana if everything goes well. So uh, we'll see if we can make some magic happen. Welcome to the Hoosier State. Let me know if you're gonna have time. I'll (laughs) I'll uh, I'll drive up there and we can hang out or do something. At least say hi. Cool. Yeah, it'd be great. Cool. Um, I'll make mine really quick because we've talked about Batman enough this uh, episode. <laughs> never but talk about him enough. <laughs> my, my grandmother died a couple of years ago, and there was a long, drawn-out court thing with her inheritance. But she, she was trying to give money to all the grandchildren. Eventually, most of it came through. Um, so she always used to buy me books constantly as a kid. That's all I ever got from her for gifts. So I figured it would be fitting to spend at least a portion of that inheritance on books. So I spent a ton on Batman and I've literally 
with with the job that I have now since this late 2019, I've got a chance to like read at work. So I read every single day and I've almost read Batman every single day this whole year. Wow. And th- there's been a few times where I, I've read some other books too. Uh, like we went camping and I read a fantasy novel and I've read some of the old uh, game history ones I was talking about earlier and stuff. So I have taken a few breaks, but for the most part, it's just been new Batman books all year long. And it's really helped me just disconnect from reality and enjoy a different fantasy world and, and some fun characters and just, just having, just seeing all these different takes on the same story has been really, really neat to see, you know, there's the dark ones, there's the fun ones, there's the mystery ones, there's the action ones. There's the, like, I've, I've read some of the old, like reread the old, like 1939 forties run and all the way up to like the current, like 2020 kind of stuff. So I've really spanned, his entire career for the most part and read most of the important books and a few more obscure books and some that I've always wanted to read and some justice league stuff. And I've got introduced to some new characters I've always been curious about. And so it's been really, really cool. Um, and I plan to keep doing that into the next year. Uh, I've been really enjoying Batman. So that's my, been my big 2020 hobby. That's kind of a newer, well, I've, I've always been into it, but I just haven't put that much, effort and money and time into it before that's that's awesome to be able to do something every day and was that something that you had to like adjust a routine to do or like once you had the books it was easy to find that well time to... I, I started the new job in november 2019 so i had to figure out what my new routine was and it just happened to become batman really early on and that's mm. just been my my daily routine that's awesome that's fantastic um so to have somewhat gaming related again and i know it hasn't we haven't been able to go out game hunting and we just even if we could we don't hunt as much as we used to because where we are with our collections and our lives but what was your best gaming pickup of the whole year bill even if it was just pre-ordering cyberpunk like, what, what was the coolest <laughs> thing you picked up this year so uh i've mentioned it on a show before but my uh favorite and it really is more gaming adjacent because it's a soundtrack um, the Outer Wilds vinyl soundtrack oh, was the I totally thing I was that. I was I was most excited for before it was announced. At like and we were talking about you know most anticipated releases. It was that was it. I love the music from this. It's like I'm you know at the end of the year when everyone's Spotify you know uh, for people who are members of it they're like oh here's the stuff you listen to the most. It was a lot of Judas Priest. Just FYI, mine made um, me laugh really hard the, when I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, like it was like Skull Fist. Uh, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Iced Earth, and Perry Grip, which is like a kids' <laughs> YouTube channel that yeah. my daughter just likes it, to listen so to. So yeah, my, so mine was like it was just like Tool. It was just like because the new album had come out, and I was like getting like psyched for like the concert. It was just like Tool, 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 and then like you said, it was like you know like Blippy, uh, you know like YouTube, but uh, we sing silly songs or whatever. Yeah. So it was, I showed it to my sister, and she was like, "This is very on brand for you." Um, but yeah, so, but Outer Wilds music is unbelievably good. The vinyl release is really good. At first I was a little disappointed about the art because it was, um, not like monotone, but like it's, it's, it's just like, it's just two-tone. So it's just like green and like a cream color. And I was like, that seems kind of simple for something like this. But then when I like you're holding it in your hand, it almost, it's, it's almost designed to feel like, uh, like a relic. 
uh, like a brochure, like that the Outer Wilds Venture Company like would put together to like advertise like you know like what they're doing. And when you open it up, it's actually got like sheet music because music is a huge part of the game. As you go out in the world and you find these different uh, people for from the Outer Wilds Venture Company, every one of them they've been scattered and like they're all playing like a different song. And one of the things that you do in the game is as you collect these guys all together, you find out that they're all playing the same song. So some of the sheet music that came with it, um, it's like here's Church theme and Rebex theme and, you know, Gabro's theme. And you can actually like, you know, play like have the sheet music to like play all their themes. Um, but it's just it's an amazing record. It's a really, really good pressing uh, for for music for a soundtrack that has a whole bunch of quiet moments and just kind of like solo guitar pieces. Uh, there's none of the pops and hisses that you sometimes hear on on quieter uh, records, especially newer pressings. Um, but yeah, I, I was thinking back and like, as the honorable mention was Cyberpunk, and I've mentioned before on the show that even though it's a digital download only, uh, the you know the physical edition that showed up with two soundtrack CDs, a whole bunch of maps, a whole bunch of postcards. No, um, I got the maps and stuff. I didn't get any soundtracks with mine. Like, no, yeah. it would have been cool to throw yeah. some synthwave stuff in the car. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where I would do it. Like I would throw it in the like I wouldn't like choose a song. It would just like be on as I'm you know like cruising the uh, night city. Um, you know, put some neon lights uh, uh, you know to go along with the music or something. But uh, but yeah, so uh, that Outer Wilds vinyl um, was was easily my my you know my the, my favorite physical thing that I held uh, this year picked up that was gaming related. Nice. How about you, Chris? Anything interesting? I've talked about it before, but uh, that would my my big pickup of the year was a Neo Geo AES. Um, yes, so right. I did that earlier um, when I was getting the pandemic blues. Uh, put that order <laughs> in. I think I'd been thinking about it for a very long time, but finally bit the bullet. And uh, yeah, I picked up a couple games. I mean, I won't I won't talk about it a lot because I've done a lot already. But um, you know, I I took the time. I went through i recapped it i put a unibios in it so i can play everything in whatever languages and uh it's it's a really clean machine um hopefully one of these days i can save up enough to get a flash cart because i can't afford a lot of aes carts Uh, i got kids and things to take care of but uh yeah it's just a lot of fun Uh, we've talked a lot about neo geo this year so again i won't spend a lot but that was i was excited to get that finally in the house Nice. Good pick. Um, for me, um, I picked up Exile Wicked Phenomenon for the Turbo CD, which is a special one for me for a few reasons, uh, one of which I, I used some of that inheritance money from my grandmother to, to get that. So it's something in my collection that is a little bit of a personal attachment to it now. Uh, it was the last working designs game, the North American working designs game that I needed for that like full set. Very good. So I've got every working design game. I don't get to pick up Turbo CD games often, but I had two Turbo CD pickups this year, so I was pretty pumped on that. So I've only got a handful of games left I need for that system to have all the North American games. They're mostly the super expensive ones now, but uh, it got me that, you know, one step closer, I think there's like eight or nine left I need to get now to have have the full set. Congratulations. So... Thanks. So I'm hoping 2021 I can pick up at least one more Turbo CD game. We'll see. We'll see. They're getting harder to find. Let like even when I had the money, I couldn't find three of the games I wanted on there. Like for weeks, like I gotta really put some feelers out or something because they're they're getting scarce. Some of those late releases are yeah, yeah. 
So our final favorite thing from 2020, I want to know is what was your favorite episode of the collector cast in 2020? Cause we actually did quite a few this year for once. Yeah, we did a bunch. It, and yeah. it's, you know, we, we, you know, tried to, tried to come back, try to, you know, stay consistent with the every two weeks. I think I've we did super impressed with it. I think there's been one, pretty one good job, week yeah. that we stumbled and the rest of the year since we've started, we've been able to do a two week schedule. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, 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 I'm proud of, I, we actually had a, a, a slight, uh, uh, you know, situation, uh, just in our personal life this weekend. And I was like, no, the show must go on. So here we are. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but yeah, there, there was a lot to choose from, a lot to go back through. Um, uh, I'm up first, right? Or were you yeah. going, uh, go? Nope. Give me what, give um, me a favorite, Bill. So it, it was something I'd, I'd wanted to talk about for a long time. And I, I know I'm very clunky with the way I, you know, kind of run the show sometimes because I'm still learning, but, uh, I really liked digging into, uh, the lore. Um, so the, uh, episode 60, so it wasn't too many episodes ago, the lore episode, um, we got to talk about, you know, some of the, uh, the, th- and it was a big surprise. Cause like, I thought that it would all be kind of like, you know, d- uh, deep, heavy stuff that has like tons of story. But then like, you end up talking about like, you know, like lighter games that like, Oh, well, what's the lore behind Diddy Kong, you know, and, uh, and, and Diddy Kong racing, like, what's the story behind that? You know? So it was, it was interesting to kind of dig into and think of lore in a different way than, cause I normally do think of it that way as like, you know, like, uh, like Elder Scrolls and like books of, you know, like centuries old stories that build a world together. And it is that, but it's also a lot of other things. So that was a fun discussion that kind of went some directions that I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, and I want to give an honorable mention to Pam for joining us, uh, cause Big Box PC is something that, uh, I very much enjoyed talking about uh, with you guys and her as well. Yeah. Fun topic and great guest. Yeah. That lore episode. I love doing stuff like that with you guys because as much as we have in common, we have such different tastes sometimes that, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it just brings out conversations that I don't expect when we start them. Yeah. So how about you, Chris? What was your favorite episode for the whole year? My favorite episode had to be probably the one that was hardest for you guys. And that would be the debate episode. Um, I thought about mentioning it, but I, my heart wouldn't take it if I thought about it again. <laughs> um, for me, you know, that was something very different than anything we'd ever yeah. done before. And it was for extremely sure. unique, something I had not yeah. heard other shows do, uh, which is hard sometimes when you're talking about podcasts to do something that's really unique. <laughs> And yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know. We didn't really have much feedback on it, so I don't know if it was good, bad, or otherwise. I, I you know, I'm not sure what the, how the audience felt about it, but I, I felt really good that we put something out there that was just kind of new and different. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, maybe we'll, maybe if you guys are up for it, or somebody else wants to, maybe we'll do another one at some point in time. But I really, I really enjoyed that show. Well, I remember really glad I'm, you said that because that's actually my pick too. Really? I, yeah, yeah nice. that was also my favorite. Oh, episode. Okay. I I remember you saying at the end of it, Chris, uh, like you saying the same thing, and I was like, yeah, like maybe maybe you can do a debate next time, and you're like, oh no, I'd wipe the floor with one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had so much fun. There was a lot of prep work that went into that episode, but yeah. it was a blast. Like I was debating the side that i didn't want to debate too which made it more interesting for me and being someone who wanted to debate the other side i felt like going into it i'm like i know what bill's gonna bring up i know all these you know points but like three or four times you surprised me like why didn't i think of that it's such a good (laughs) point i should have a counter to that now i gotta think of something on the fly 
Yeah. It was just, it was neat to, to also see that side of Bill. Like I've, I've never seen you try and put forth like a argument on something before. Cause you're so easygoing and right. you know, I'll, you know, you'll put your input in and then if, if mine's different, that's fine. Like we leave it yeah. at that. So it was uh, really fun to do that with you guys. And Chris was such a good moderator too. Like yeah. he did not get in the way of the conversation at all. And the questions were so thoughtful and insightful. And I would love to do another episode like that sometime down the road. Well, maybe and, we'll... and you're right. There, there, there was a lot of prep work that went into yeah. it. And I think that I learned a lot from the first one because uh, like I knew that from Chris's instruction, we knew that there had to be preparation and anticipation but it, it can't be overstated how much preparation and anticipation because it, you need to anticipate like 30 different things that they might say just so that you know you get all of them. So I think yeah. just kind of like going through it once like you have to and you, have, you really have to think about it for more than just a few minutes. You have to like, you know, give it some real thought. What could he possibly say about this? And it's almost like when you're trying to solve a Portal 2 or a Limbo puzzle. And you can't think of another angle and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to think, I'm going to, let me walk away for a minute and let me think about this. Ah, I've thought of another one. And then you come back and then like you do more of your prep work. So it does and, take a... And with, with Chris keeping us on the time limit and the format that we'd chosen, um, especially near the last half when he gave us like the timer warning, I'm like, I got three points I want to make. I only have time for one. Like I got to yep. start picking what's important now and cutting other stuff. And it was yep. just a really, really fun. Yeah, it's very, very, di- very different. Is is a very uh, it was. We both said it was tough on our nerves, but like it was very fun. It was very different. It was very interesting, and like Chris said, like unique compared to things that I've I've heard done on on other shows. Yeah, so I've got a couple ideas. If you guys are up for it, I'd like to try something something like that again uh, in the new year here. Yeah, that's good. Well, maybe we can make Pretty that cool. a regular on a longer term basis maybe do a couple a year or something once a quarter or something yeah, yeah not not every no week. not every week. yeah <laughs> nobody wants I, I, I think I, yeah I, I think i like i was i don't know if it's a regular thing but i was like scrolling through like tiktok and uh there was a thing there was like a like podcastdebates.org or whatever and i just saw like a snippet of it but it seemed like i was like man is this just like nothing but debates like i would lose my mind if it was just like a debate like every week it's just so much work yeah, it is. I couldn't imagine. I like to listen to uh, some debates pretty regularly, but it's always different speakers. So yeah, I can't mm-hmm. imagine if that was your job to be a debater, but uh, they're out there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the sure. only the only debate that I had listened to, just kind of like to see what it was all about. I just like googled, you know, or sorry, YouTube, like you know, a debate, you know, blah blah blah. And one of the first ones that came back was Bill Nye, the Science Guy, was debating someone who like, like said that like change denier or something. Yeah, it was, it was either climate change or that like the the world is two thousand years old, or no, it's like millions of years old. Yeah. So I watched that, and yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> There's there's one one side had some science on the side. <laughs> the other side didn't. We can just leave it at that. <laughs> was that with Ken Ham? Was that the other guy he was debating? I, like I don't Creationist remember. Institute. I think I might have seen that years ago. I don't remember the name, but I'll, I'll if it is, I'll I'll confirm it for you off yeah. air. Well, thank you for sharing your your 2020s with uh, me and everyone else. Um, so it wasn't all bad some good times in there yeah. and i hope uh this next year is going to be really good for all you guys too absolutely yeah so that was episode 66 we'll be back in two weeks on a regular schedule episode 67 which we'll figure out later 
but I also wanted to just give a shout out. Um, I think we've got the Patreon up and ready to go. So I'm going to try and launch that in tandem with this show. Okay. And check it out, please. It'll be uh, patreon.com slash collectorcast. Uh, we're going to have some perks if you're willing to throw a few bucks our way, like Discord chat. Bill and me have talked about doing a batman book club for a long time he's been holding back like oh. I, he's got more determination or more uh respect for me than i might have had uh, he's, <laughs> he's been waiting to read something uh with me very excited to dive it's into on it my, with him. It's, it's on my nightstand it's yeah. ready Let's get that somebody, out soon. somebody put some money in there <laughs> somebody help the guy out uh yeah so we've got some other perks like uh choosing a show topic was one of the perks um doing the q a's um, even joining some of us to do some play sessions once in a while. So please check it out and give us feedback if there's anything you would like to see in any of the tiers. Like we're we're just learning this stuff, so I can add and and uh, change things as we need to. And I'll give more info on that uh, next week and every following week, hopefully. Anything else you guys want to add before we call it a show? I just want to say thanks uh, everybody that stuck with us this long. Um, you know, we did the reboot this year. I hope that makes everybody happy and you're, you're enjoying what you're hearing and we intend to keep moving forward and, and sticking with it next year. And, um, just really appreciate all the people that take the time to listen. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We like, we'll keep doing this cause I like to chat with these guys, but, uh, I love hearing from, from people who've listened to the show too. All right. Well, good night guys. We'll see you next time. Yep, take care.